department. Fuck B. 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 You're now tuned into the Apartment 5B podcast, where we chop it up about hip-hop, R&B, sports, love, and life. Hosted by Kill. 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 What's good? What's good? You're into the Apartment 5B podcast hosted by you, man. Kill, I got my squad with me. In effect, as always, my brethren, my Aries brother, same birthday, Vegas and Kill, Killing Vegas, four albums, five albums under our belt. I don't even know how many albums we got at this point on the belt. How many we got, babe? I don't know, man. I've been drinking. How, you going to put me on the spot right now? <laughs> <laughs> then let's see. We got the gray area. We got, what was the sophomore joint? You're all welcome. The third joint was? Keep Calm. Keep Calm. Then the next one was Keep Calm. We brought friends. Then we got Will Mack. So we got five joints. We got five joints. It's a goddamn shame when you don't know how many kids you got. Like, I feel like a hood father. Like, nigga, I, I asked one of my people in, the, in, in my team, so I was like, how many kids you got? He's like, eh, oh, man. nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dead ass. Like, he was like seven, and then my homegirl who worked there was like, nah, nigga, you forgot Anthony. He's like, oh, yeah, my bad. Eight. We got eight. Got eight. You know, so. Was that Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon worked with you? Nah, nah, nah. It wasn't. Here's the funniest story about this dude, and I don't want to get too off topic, but it's just, it's crazy. His daughter was in my program, and I didn't know they were even related for four years, bro. They be in the same room, never speak. It was never, hey, dad, never a hug, never nothing. And then just one day it was like, oh, such and such is, you know, such and such father. And I was like, yo, I've never even seen them speak. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's just like, that's, that's, that's crazy, right? That you in the same room as your pop numerous times and don't even speak. Like there was never even a hug, a hi dad, a hi daughter, how was school, nothing. It's, like, it's crazy. It's possible. Cause if me and my father was in the same room, like these niggas look alike, but they never say shit to each other. So. <laughs> but it, yeah, and the sad part is they both live in the same neighborhood. But it, not to belabor that, but you know what I mean. So yeah, we got there. five albums. Yeah, we got five albums under our belt. Check them out: VegasWorldInc.bandcamp.com. Check them joints out. The Will Matic, one of my favorite joints. You know, just talking about Vegas's um, cousin Ill Will, uh, the Queensbridge legend. So very dope album. So if you haven't heard that, definitely check that out. Uh, I am God. What's going on, good brother? Out the shot. What's going on? Chilling, chilling. Can't call it, man. Another day, another dollar. Just trying to live and maintain, bro. All right, no doubt, no doubt. My brother Gnu from Morgan. I always tell the story when I didn't like Dares a Dark Side. He came over my crib and was like, "Nigga, do you smoke?" I said, "No." He said, "Well, motherfucker, it is the goddamn problem. That's why you don't like Dares a Dark Side." I, of course, going on to love Dares a Dark Side. I'm just talking about when it dropped. You know what I mean? So hey. I always talk about that time you came through the crib. You know what's crazy though? Red Man don't like there's a dark side. I heard. I heard that. <laughs> you know I what I mean? That's, that's crazy. Whenever people ask him about it, I just saw him on um 
I believe it was uh, either top. No, no, it was a Just Blaze, uh, fresh, fresh pair of podcasts. Or something. Oh, the kick, the, the joint that he got with the sneak. Like, oh, I don't even fuck with these. That I, I was on, I was on drugs. Then I don't, even, I don't even remember the shit. He said I don't remember no rhymes. He said that's why I don't perform this shit. I was like, damn, that's like my favorite joint from Red Man. But uh, you know, yeah, I, I've seen. It seems like that's the thing. Like my favorite joint is what, uh, but I see more people like love. There's a dark side in Muddy Waters more. Then they like yeah. you know Dark I mean? Side was wild. That was his wild side. I, I, that was like one of my that's like a top five red man joint for me. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I got my brother Fabian. Let me explain this to the brother, one of the dopest podcasts out here in the sports game. Just called this dude when I was coming to Brooklyn. I said, yo, Ben Simmons is fucking playing the sixes. Let's go. He popped up. He was right there with me at the scene, him and my man Penny. What's going on, bro? Shout out to Penny. Uh, everything is good. Thanks for inviting me again. Good to see. You. I already know he's a good dude because you, you know connected to you and all that. But anytime, bro, you already know I got you, and vice versa. You know how you know how it goes. And you said something about Red Man. What was the album with um with uh uh Sim Sima who got the key to my beamer? Oh my God. Doc's the name. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, that's the name. By that time, it for you, Red Man was. Wow, damn! I think I, I was born in '82. How do you guys feel about this? Is that is that a, like we call Red Man at the end, or we just he's more commercial? I'm probably younger because me, Muddy Waters was like his last. I probably got him read around like Doc's the name. You know what I'm okay. saying? I knew who he was because from How High, that's been my shit forever. Him and Meth, the How High joint, and I probably the first time I probably could remember hearing him what's on some Eric Sermon shit, you know what I'm saying? But the first time, like, I really got into uh, Red, it was probably Doc's the name, and I probably went back to, like, Muddy Waters, and then, like, There's a Dark Side and What the Album and all that shit, but Doc's the name was probably, like, my, not official introduction, but that's what made me start really, really listening to Red. I already knew who he was, though. Yeah. And for me, what was 92, my freshman year at Morgan, so I think it's just so many memories that's just tied into to that joint right there. You know, just every, Ganuno, everybody was playing. You couldn't even walk nowhere on campus and not hear something from Red. Watch your Nuggets, you know what I mean? Tonight's the night, you know, um, just anything off that joint. Um, all right, y'all, let's jump right into it. Gotta give a shout out to my man at Phenom78. He gave me this topic. I wanted him to rock with us, but schedules uh, couldn't connect. He said, let's do a show. He wanted to do a for us to do a show about five of your fave artists who don't have a five mic album. What is your favorite album from them and what kept it from being a five mic album? You know what I mean? I love the topic um, because it's a thinking topic. I mean, I think it's one of them topics where we may name some albums ourselves that aren't five mics. Other people may be like, damn, that that was five mics for me or whatever, whatever like that. Um, I'm gonna set it off. This is one of my favorite hip hop groups dilated people you know what i mean and a lot of people i've learned throughout the years really don't fuck with dilated which is shocking to me because i think ev is a dope rapper i think ira science is dope dj babu one of the dopest djs ever alchemist is doing their beats i'm talking about alchemist using drums alchemist is doing their production but a lot of people don't rock with them um for me my favorite album and it's hard with them because i love them all like the platform expansion team um, Neighborhood Watch, 2020 Directors of Photography. I love them all the same, but I think the biggest thing for me with Dilated is just their beats. 
Like sometimes, and really maybe not even their beats, but just they had too many songs. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm always like, you know, I'm looking at expansion team. I'm like, I like five out of like 17 and neighborhood watch. I like nine out, of, I mean, 2020, I like nine out of 14. So like the songs that they have are really dope, but they just, it never really just folds over into the whole album. You know what I mean? Alchemist usually does the bulk of their production, Babu and Ev popping from time to time. But um, to me, that's just what it is. I mean, they got some incredible, dope joints. My favorite album is Neighborhood Watch. The thing, one of the things that I think sinks this album is, I don't know if y'all remember this song, they had this joint called uh, This Way that Kanye West produced for them. And it was just like a fake get by. It was just a literal, mm-hmm. like, blatant bite of get by. Like, from the yeah. chorus to the beat, just everything. And then... That was the time that if Ye produced for you, Ye had to jump on it. And it's like, yeah, what Ye is talking about don't even fit in what they talking about. And, you know, he talking about Qs and AKAs and like they talking about life and real stuff. So, again, just again, I love Dilated. It's no disrespect, but just to me, they just don't have that five mic out um, for me. So that's what it is for me. Babe, what you got for you? Which one of your people? Um, so, like when you when you topic I um, you know it's it's difficult right because all your favorite artists most of the time have a classic to you you know what I'm saying um, or or generally speaking uh, but also I have hip-hop and R&B uh, just to keep it that way but I'm gonna go with game and game wasn't he didn't start out as one of my favorite rappers because I didn't like all the name dropping uh, even though I like the singles off that first album uh, but I think later on, you know, I started to pay attention to his work and I was like, damn, these albums kind of crazy. And um, especially later in his career, he started to make some really dope shit that went under the radar. Um, my favorite out of his catalog is probably, um, what is it, uh, 1992? It came out in 2016. Um, I just think it's, it's perfect for him, right? Because it's storytelling, it's contextualizes LA in 1992 from his perspective at his age but also me being a, a big West Coast rap hip-hop fan back in the you know back in the early 90s I think he really captured what that time was from you know rapping about the riots and all that good stuff so I just feel like for him the thing that gets in the way of people even hearing a good album from him is the name drop and i felt like this was one of those albums where you know you tell people like yo no not this one like this one it has a purpose you know what i'm saying so everything is said with a purpose whether it's a name drop or or him talking about a time or the movies from from that time so when i heard it you know i didn't expect much but i always checked for him and when i heard this album i was just like really surprised but I was more surprised that not a lot of people were talking about it and I kind of feel like if this was in a different setting or if this was his debut or whatever it may have been I think people would speak about game differently as a result but for me I mean I I see it as a personal classic but I can see why some people given you know his uh, his reputation would feel like you know uh, I don't know if I want to hear that it's dope, so people should check it out. Yo, let me ask you this. What didn't you like about the documentary, the first one? Because I think that's a classic. 
But what didn't you like about it? Was it the name dropping and all that? The name dropping, because as an MC, I mean, right. what I'm going to talk about, everything that every other MC did in my raps, like what kind of right. thing is that? You know what I'm saying? And I thought he was dope. And it was kind of like you had to weave through the name dropping to catch the shit that was dope about him. Um, and I tried to, you know, convince myself, oh, well, his name is The Game. That's why he raps about that. But then I started to think, well, how many fucking albums you gonna do with that? Like, you know what right. I'm saying? So, uh, but I think he's, I think he's far beyond, like, being a guy who's strictly name dropping. Even this last right. album, I just feel like it was too many songs. But at the end of the day, it wasn't bad at all, so. And it's funny you said that from an MC perspective, because from a producer perspective, I love that album. It was like an ill oh, man. Yeah. It was like Dre, Just Blaze, Kanye West, Buckwild, like high tech. Like literally, this dude pulled in every heavy hitter producer there was. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, I wasn't even mad at the um, documentary too. I don't think it's a classic, but I wasn't yeah. even mad at that joint. You know what I mean? Shout out to my yeah. man Joe Rose because he always talks about the game and he always stresses him. I think um, what what ruins the game is kind of like what Kanye is going through now in a smaller on a smaller scale. Just all the antics outside of of you know rapping. Right. Anytime he raps, is like it, I can, we nobody has ever said game is whack ever, and it's just the other stuff you know who he, who he's hanging around the antics of it. And but I'm not sure if he, he'll be able to sell or get whatever he gets out of commercial side of it and make money without the promotion if it's never happened before but um the one that really because i'm not you guys listen deep with him especially the older i got the less i listen to um, music but uh what do you think of um the jesus piece so jesus piece was just like every beat was hard and he would just again he was spit was dope I just felt like it was like a fucking cornucopia of every rapper on the planet. Like every song was featuring everybody. Like there may have been a feature literally on every song. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, is this even your album or is this a compilation album? Like nigga, you dropping 116 per song on your fucking album. Like pushes on it, like future. It was like every rapper from every genre of hip hop was on out but i feel you i love the production my only knock on it was just like damn bro like god forbid i just want to hear you <laughs> you know what i mean like so but that's the old head of me because i'm from that era where there was only one guest mc on your album back in the day if that you know what i mean so it's hard for me to hear but then i also get the music business you trying to sell records to that market down there in the south so you got to get some of them southern things. you're trying to sell records over here you you know so it's always about also the time of it so you know i I get it that you got to do that to, to sell the record, but it's just like, you know, it's like if you want to go on a date back in your day with your shorty and she got to bring her little sister with you. It's like, nigga, like, yo, I just want to, I want to keep you really with you. Like, what you bring she in? What you bring a shorty for? <laughs> like, I got to bring her, you know, my mother told me to bring her. It's like, fuck, okay, fine. But, you know, that's how I almost feel half the time. Like, dog, I want to hear, like, even West Side Gun. I'm one of the few people who actually like West Side Gun rapping. You know what I mean? And. Now his albums just seem to be like a Pete Rock soul survivor. Like, it's like, I'm a rat, but I'm going to let 30 other niggas, you know, kill the game and everything like that. So, you know. Nah, he's himself. a great. No, West Side rap. Gun has this uh, kind of ghost face sound to his voice. And just, I like when people just come out of note and just sound like they come out of note. Like, to me, Ghostface and Raekwon, and they pull from this, these, this, I don't know, from out of nowhere. And they just... 
somehow it lands and it flows. Westside Gun is like an artist, artist to me. And when he raps, the I think it's dope. West, the first time I heard Westside, I thought he was a girl. So <laughs> I heard no, dead ass. I heard him on Royster Five Nine. He had a joint called The Governor's Ball, and it was West and Conway. And I thought Westside Gun was a girl, just dead ass. So, but I get when people say they don't like West. Like I understand it. If you don't like his high pitched voice, and he's not super duper lyrical, then you're not gonna like West. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I look at it like that. But West is is I, I fuck with West personally. God, who you got for one of your joints? Uh, who makes your list? Hey, we starting out heavy, man. Love this dude, but I got meth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I heard a lot of people say, Takal is a classic. I'm not one of those. Like, I, I fuck with it. I, to me, Takal, that's my favorite meth album. I think, maybe, because I ain't know uh, until recently that uh, one of RZA Floods knocked out some of his shit, too. You know what I'm saying? Takal was supposed to be different than what we got. And I think he could have probably came close to a classic with Takao 2000 uh, Judgment Day, but I think that shit was a little too top heavy, way too many joints, a lot of skits. He had some bangers on that old, but um, my favorite meth joint is Takao. I just feel like as dope as it was, it's a little redundant. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I feel like meth shit would fit perfectly in what the underground is today with the Rome Streets and the Griseldas and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not. A lot of these underground artists don't put a lot of diversity in their shit. You know what you're going to get when you hear them, you know what I'm saying, or when they put out a project, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't saying, by no means was it whack. I love Takao, but I I don't, I never really looked at it as like a classic, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was 94, and even though that was a little, just before my time, you know what I'm saying, really getting into rap, going back and looking at that shit, you had Ready to Die, you had Illmatic, um, you had so much shit come out in 94, and I just think Melf was just like a tier below, you know what I'm saying, what we call the classic from that year. So, starting out heavy, man, I got Melf. Now, I totally agree, Bang. Yeah, I was going to say, you touch him first, dude. So, I I think, and I was, this is ironic, because I was talking to my brother about this today. I think with Meth, what kind of hurt that album is the hype on Method Man was ridiculous. Like, coming off that Wu album. Like it was, like even for myself, you just knew he was gonna make a classic before you even heard it. And then you saw the album cover and you like, look at the album cover, look crazy, right? With the smoke and he's in it and you can barely see him. Then you you hear and see the video for Bring the Pain and you Bring like, pain. damn, he, this is about to be nuts. And then when you right. listen to it, it's it just like it, it didn't meet Bring the pain met that expectation. All the singles actually did, um, but it, it was all the other songs in between that just didn't capture or harness that energy of Thirty Six Chambers and what we anticipated from Meth. And not necessarily lyrically or his performance, but it was like you know the, the beats, the the vibe. You can tell now that you know you know some songs were lost as a result, some beats were lost that. It was a little disjointed in a lot of ways, right? So I think it couldn't meet the hype. Um, I don't think anybody called it whack, but I think it was just disappointing nah. for everybody. So, so Takal only had 13 joints, if I'm not mistaken. 12 or 13. I know Method Man. I don't know if Method Man Remix was on uh, the original pressing of uh, Takal, but 
I feel like if he would have went the Illmatic route and just gave like 10, I feel like it would have been a much stronger case to call it a classic because he got a lot of joints that I fuck with. Alicia Delph, PLO style, Method Chef, What the Blood Clot, um, Mr. Sandman, that's my shit. Method Man remix, that's my shit. So I just think this is not top heavy. 13 joints is not top heavy, but I just think if a few of those joints was left off, I think he could have had a, a strong case, you know what I'm saying, for that joint to be a classic, but I just think it's too many, uh, not too many songs, it's just, I don't know, it's just not enough, like, I, I think it's more so what Vegas said, it's not enough, I don't think every one of those joints can confidence what the fuck meth was at that time, you know what I'm saying, he did his thing, they not trash by no means, but it's just like, some of them motherfuckers is strong, and some of them is like, uh, it's, it's cool, I fucked it. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. The other thing, too, man, is that for, you know, especially my age, dog, like Vic said, the hype for meth was so huge. He was the next one. You know what I mean? So, it's kind of like, when you're pegged, I mean, people may not even remember Def Jam did the whole month of the man. I know Gnu remember, because he was there with me. The month of the man, it was Red Man and Method Man and... It was this whole thing, and like Vague said, he had to, you know, the joint in his eye. He always had the half road done. Like, Meth was just everything. The women loved him. The dudes loved him. Like, this dude was pegged to be what Nas was. He was pegged to be what Biggie was. And it just, it wasn't that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's those expectations. Not that, like you said, it wasn't trash, but nigga, we thought you was going to be. Think of all the people who, who they took before Steph Curry. <laughs> you know, who ain't even in the league no more. You know, so. To me, it was like one of those things where it was like, yo, this dude was supposed to be the next one. We were supposed to be talking. The way we talk about Jay, when people say who the best rapper, Jay-Z, Biggie, and I, Meth, I mean, Meth was supposed to be in that conversation. You know what I mean? And he's not. You know, especially if you was my age and you was there when who was coming out and all that, Meth, Meth's name should have been there. And it's, and it's just not. And there's no knock on him. And you know, like you said, the, the flood and all of this hoopla, but what it is and here's the hard part even after the flood meth never came back and made that class right right you know so it's not like oh yeah takao was bad but the rest of the albums you know once rizzo got his shit together came out beautiful it was like we still never got that meth class you know what i mean a so, lot of classic like moments said, a lot of classic verses classic a lot moments. of classic moments but just never never just hit the bulls out when it came to that album if you ever want to say who's the dopest rapper who's going to give you a 16, Meth. I put Meth at number one, definitely in the top five. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely in the top five. Because Meth, I mean, you know that. And that, and the, and the verse on, on the what? On Biggie's yeah. album. That put him on another crazy. level. For us, it was like, hold on. Because Big, when once Big dropped, it was like a, a, he was an explosion. That was an explosion. And I, I'm like you, God. Like, at that time, I was still a babe. I was... 11 12 years old i didn't fully understand who was who i just go went off the buzz and I, I forgot who said this everyone in the 90s whoever was hot felt like they were supposed to be a star whether it's pun yep. red man yep. method man and nowadays it really isn't like that they really manufactured because of social media and everything but back then there was these you know the filters and the um the gatekeepers i guess i don't know if we need them but it did feel like your method is Every time he jumped on the track, my lyrical uh, makes like everything he did. You talk about everything charisma, boys. He was low, super charismatic. Everything. Yeah, so I totally agree with that. I didn't. I'm surprised that that he didn't turn out to have that classic album of a moment, but he definitely was, you know, top tier. And everyone else started choosing, you know, Ghostface and everyone. But 
because so because of the fact they didn't look Billy Page. He's one of them dudes who just need a dope executive producer. And it's funny because RZA, you know, I'm about to say he need a dope executive producer. And it's RZA right there. But I don't know if it's because, like, Genius was, like, the intellectual nigga. You know what I mean? And Ray and Ghost was, like, the Project Hood niggas. You know what I mean? That those three albums and, 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 and Dirty was the crazy nigga. So Brooklyn Zoo and Shimmy Shimmy Ya, you know what I mean? I don't know what right. Beth was. He was almost like how the Wu would say. Like, he was the sex symbol and he never wanted to be the sex symbol of the movie. You know what I mean? So I don't even know how you executive produce an album for Meth. Like, what am I going to tell Meth to rap about? Like, I think you know Meth I mean? was kind of like a mix of like ODB, Ghost, and like Jizzle. Or maybe ODB, uh, ODB, Deck, and like Ghost. That's how I look at Meth. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he has some technicality to his shit. Like, he is a, a technical MC. He got so much style. And just like his cadences, like the shadow boxing shit, like I don't know if I ever heard that shit done like that. To be so calm and so monotone on the track, but still kill that shit the way Meth killed shadow boxing, bro, that's crazy. And I can't remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody got closer did it, but I can't remember or think off top somebody that was so calm, cool, and collected on the joint, but still shredded the shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah. I think. And I heard him say in the interview he fought that whole girl shit. So I think Beth kind of was like going against himself, like kind of struggling to embody whatever the fuck he was going to be from out the woo. And I think he just was in the moment and just did whatever the fuck he felt. You know what I'm saying? That sounds, I like that. I like it because I, I'm trying to think who else fought through that. Um, I think a bunch of guys did. Like Ja Rule eventually just went with it. Just I think embraced lot, it, yeah. Yeah, and I think he had no choice to because it was like. The name is Murder Inc. And you know this guy took on the name of of, of a Gotti, but Ja Rule embraced it. You know, what was that five years later, six years later, and same label, right? Def Jam. So, nah, that's a great point, God. Yeah, Fabian, who you got up for your joints, man? Who your first one? It's funny, yeah, because now you made me think of one. But who I was gonna go with was um with Cameron. He was when he came out. You know, Mace had just came out, so Mace had that platform with Bad Boy, and Biggie was there, Puff was there, Biggie passes away but that's still the biggest platform there is especially on the east coast and puff being the next superstar up but maces he answers that question of being a superstar like similar to method man he doesn't have the classic album but cameron is like the almost like the evil twin version of mace because when we heard him it was like hold up remember he went to uh dj clue on hot 97 at nighttime before after flex took over clue used to come on monday night mixtapes and he brought Cam, Mace brought Cam and Cardan. Cardan's from Queens. I'm from Queens. So that was ill. So when we heard Cam, it was like, yo, who's this? So, and you know, when Cam would rap, we became fans because of that mixtape era, it was Mace, it was Cam, it was The Locks, Cannabis, DMX. That's who we look forward to, to listening to rap. So Cam used to kill everything. And when Confessions of Fire came out, I liked it. I really liked it. I almost called it a classic just because I, I was such a fan. But then, the, then when the second album came out, as DE was about to come out, there was a lot behind it. So, and then with Cameron back then, he was so experimental. Like he was Eminem before Eminem, and they don't even like they might they might call cannabis uh, Eminem before Eminem, but it really it was Cam. Like the stuff he would rap about was crazy. The jokes he would he would have. So he and he fit our era. Think about it. All the all the all the songs that he would sample: Night Court, um, Monday Night Football. Everything he would sample was. That was our backdrop. We recognized everything. He even sampled uh, um, the Roxanne song 
that became what what means the world to you on SDE. So SDE was I was I was gonna bring up because for us it felt like I was in school with Cameron. It felt like he was a peer as opposed to a Mace or a Biggie that seemed like larger than life. Cam seemed more like us. So SDE another song another uh, yeah another one was like 21 songs like you guys said. Every problem I had with every I was, that's what I was gonna say earlier. I thought of a five mic album as, as as perfection, but really it's all right. If it's not gonna be perfect, what could it be? Like romantic isn't necessarily perfect, but it's the fact that it's ten songs. Like God just said, Thriller is ten songs. It makes you want more. So SDE is too much. That's what's wrong with Pun's album. First album to me too. SDE twenty one songs. There was a bootleg to it. When uh, he said, uh, I told her, like, Mike to Billie Jean, you are not my lover. Pop the rubber. Like, everything he was saying on the mixtape was so dope. And we were anticipating it. When SDE came out, I thought it was a classic. I love it. To this day, I was listening to it the last two days. And he got a bunch of joints on it. The Double Up song is crazy. The, um, the joint with, uh, with, with the Philly dudes. With, um... Not Philly's most wanted. Probably. No, not Philly's most wanted. Uh, Dutch and Spade. Spade or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that he killed that. That's a classic to me. And uh, the Joint of Prodigy is a classic. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like losing weight. That's classic. And there was so many moments that was dope. And he was really, again, he was experimental. And it's the last time we seen Cam like that. Because after he went to Rockefeller, he played, you know, he played Alpo and, and paid in full. And I think for him, Alpo and paid in full was like Bishop to Tupac. Like once he found that image to sell, he ran with it. And I ain't mad at him. Do what you gotta do, cause you know, like I said, Mace was larger than life, so Cam became larger than life after that. But SDE so was last. Hold, hold, hold for a second. Tell me, tell me this, cause I'm not. I, I was never a big Cam dude. Like I like, you know what I mean, horse and carriage, and I like the whoopies the world of you. I didn't really start fucking with Cam until he got with the rock. So there's a pre and post Cam. Like, yep. absolutely. It's kind of like how big, like, was the grimy, fat nigga with the bandana and the big ass shades, and then Puff molded him into the almost heavy D esque, rest in peace type dude. You know what I'm saying? Cam was like the grimy, like how Fabian just said. He was he was rapping about like raping girls and shit like that on some other shit like before Slim. You know what I'm saying? His content <laughs> was just like wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like he was the grimy. He was the grimy, gritty Cam, and after Pay the Fool, it's like he was this Harlem Don, you know what I'm saying? A fly, flashy nigga, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, two different uh, Cams as far as Dipset Cam and like SDE, Confessions of Fire Cam, wow. two totally different Cams. no idea. And SDE, it felt like, um, shout out to, to Digger, Digger Branch, who I, didn't, I don't know who these people, you guys would know more about this, but Digger produced damn near the whole album, it looks like. And I'd say if it was... 10, 12 songs like you guys keep saying I think this is going to be the theme for every album that we're going to we're going to mention tonight if it was it would be like a certified classic because Cam raps like there is no joke he's got punchlines oh yeah SDE listen to yeah. the Dutch and Spade song they went yeah, in yeah. Dutch and Spade go back and forth and you can tell Cameron heard them was like nah you're not getting me on my album very competitive he addressed that shit in an interview I can't remember no uh, the, I, I can't remember which one is which the light skin cat ain't that Dutch Mm-hmm. On Matt Hoffa, yeah, he, he addressed it on the Matt Hoffa of uh, my expert opinion shit about how Cam was like already over that settled at Undies, and they was like the new niggas. We like, I'm not gonna, hey, cool, but I'm not gonna let these new niggas come in here and kill me on my shit. So he was like, Cam blacked out on that shit. Mm. I, yo, and I, like I, I said, it was like shit. he was like an evil twin to to Mace because that's why I forgot to mention. Like when he came out, 
like you say he's on undies that's biggie's label so imagine the superstar died and there is no place it's like a dark platform your, your, your whole stage just got dark but mace had the bright lights and he answered the you know he answered the bell but cam you know it, he went through a lot more and he went through that that turmoil that really told him by the time he got to rockefeller and that's what kind of created the beef from what he was saying like i already knew how to run a label i knew who what department was supposed to do what because i already knew how they fucked me over at uh, epic so just his story is dope and how he was able to commercialize everything and you know like like god just said it's a totally different image that he has back then it felt like he was so personable like you, you could totally relate to camera back then even in this interview it's hilarious he was way funnier back then all right i gotta check with bake you had something to say no i was gonna agree with fabian man like confessions of fire cam is a cam that people do not talk about but there's a lot of M shock rap type shit in there, a lot. Um, and SDE is my favorite Cam album because, I, and I agree, it's, it is too many records, but I think I liked it because it was so experimental. Like he gave you all these different looks, he gave you all these different flows, he's running with all these different MCs, and he's rapping, rapping, right? None of that, you know, computers pew and shit that he uh, did <laughs> No, it's amazing how he went from that to just totally when 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 Lupe said dumb it down, he that is the definition of it because Cameron used to rap. He didn't waste a bar. Right, right. I got all right. Y'all got me ready to listen to SDE tonight. Canoe, what you what you got for your first joint, bro? Yeah, so um the other day when you when you hit me um about the topic for the show, the first the first artist that, that came to mind uh, was Young Z in The Outsiders. Mm. Um, I always, always rock with Young Z, you know, back in the, uh, you know, in the 90s, uh, he was, they were on um, the Fuji joint, uh, they were on the uh, Redman uh, cut. Um, it was like making noise in the 90s, but I feel like um, overall as a group, even though they was, you know, doing their thing, uh, they just never really put out, they put out two albums, uh, The Bricks and Nightlife, but they never really put out like a real classic, you know what I'm saying, that that uh, that really hit the streets, you know what I'm saying, with them, um, you know, being from Jersey, I mean, they connected to everybody, uh, Redman, the Fugees, uh, 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 the Artifacts, yeah. but uh, I, think, I think what killed them, though, I actually, um, Young Z was on my uh, podcast uh, a couple of years ago, but I, I, what killed them, I think, was... Um, the fact that it was so many members and they were so wild, um, you know, I think they, they got into like a lot of fights and, and, and like a lot of ruckus and shit like that. And I think that uh, that's what kind of fucked them up on the on the industry side of things. Um, because I think he said they got into some kind of fight and they got dropped from the label uh, because of that at some kind of party. But um, they were just wild niggas from North, man. But like I said, I, I really wish they would have formed a group. If they would, I, I really feel like if they would have focused on just having Young Z, Pace One and Rod Digger um, with just the three of them in, in a group and have maybe just them be called the outsiders, I think uh, they would have been better off, man. But I feel like with it being so many of them, they just weren't able to pull off uh, just pull off a real classic, man. But I, but I think that they all equally nice. That every, everybody in the group is nice. Lyric, they lyrically sharp, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Funny Young Z story. They had, um, they had Young Z had a whole album out. Um, yeah, but he got he got it got shelved. I think it's called Musical Massacre. No, it's with, uh, you don't want no problems. That joint, 
Yeah. Oh my God, that was my shit. Yeah. No problem. Sample that special F from Crooklyn's. You don't want no problems, B. No problems. No problems be hard. Um, you know Roots from from Eight Eight Nine. My my OG okay. Roots. Yeah. Did a joint from Bezo. Bezo from Writers Bench fame. Here's a crazy story. They do a track for um, Young Z. It's called Stay Gold. They sampled the Stevie Wonder Stay Gold, and it was featuring Lauren Hill at okay. the time when Lauren Hill was the hottest thing on the fucking planet. It was smoke. Right. My man Shadi, Luke Mine, and Bezo do the beat. And then they call me one night like, yo, Stevie don't want to clear the sample because of Young Z, all the cursing. Yo, your mom's a, a musician. You think she can come to New York? I'm like, nigga, my mom's a fucking school teacher. <laughs> she coming yeah. to fucking New York. <laughs> yeah, that. you know what I'm saying? And it was crazy because and then uh, Columbia pulled Lauren off. Like, nah, you're too big to be on this to be on this joint with 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 them or whatever. You know what I mean? And then like it just it just fell apart. Like it and it was such a moment for them because you know for Bezo and Shot, these are niggas who taught me how to make beats. Like we all like, yo, this is the time, bro, when this shit dropped with Lauren, it's gonna be crazy. And then to just see the whole shit just fall apart. From Stevie saying no, to the label saying no to Lauren, to then the label just going under. It was just like, yo, it's like you got that winning lottery ticket and you waiting for that last number to get called. And it yeah. just all fell apart, man. It's just crazy how people don't understand how much music we missed out because right. of industry bullshit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Guru took all this radio people out once and he was like, yo, it's fucked up that Premier can go out and produce for anybody he wants, but I got to get permission from my label to do any fucking thing. And when you think about that, it's like, fuck, you right. Like, you got to get permission from your label to do anything like you really I always equate being on a major label to living at home with your parents shit it really fucking is because you can't even Vegas can't even get on guys out without going to somebody at Columbia saying like yo is it cool you know what I mean for me to go hang out over my man's house like you like a kid again like yo can I go, can I go spend the night at my man's house mom like nah oh, fuck God, I can't be on your album like when you think about that how crazy is that that you got to get permission Vegas, what you gonna say no, I was just gonna piggyback over what you're saying. It's I think what makes it worse is that a lot of these artists recorded with each other. Some of that they shit fuck with each other. Like yo, you, yo, Young Z was on the, yo, they was on the score. <laughs> like yo, now yeah. they too, now you too big to to return the favor. Like oh man, it's it, it's crazy. I never thought about it until Guru said that. But it's like yo, that that adds more animosity to the group. Cause it's like Primo over here getting this money, you know, but I can't get this money if my label don't say yes to me, which is so insane. That, that, I don't even understand how you gotta get permission and that your label could actually tell you, no, you can't do this. You know what I mean? Like like you said, Gnu, that's Lauren and them crew. You basically telling me I can't get on my crew's album to help my stardom push them forward too. It just right. no. And you can't do shit because you signed that paper. It's like that—that's crazy to me. But so that was, Young the, that was like definitely a pull. That was like ninety-five. That was, yeah, that was like ninety. That was like ninety-five, ninety-six. Because like I said, Lauren was. And, and, and for people who want to hear, it, go to YouTube. Put in Young Z Stay Gold. You can hear the track. It's a dope track. Young Z kills it. Lauren kills it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the label just the whole track just fell apart. Oh, so they did leak it, or was it a single? 
Yeah, I mean it, it. It was gonna be it was gonna be Young Z's next single. His first single was the Joint Problems. Then they were gonna come back with this Joint featuring Lauren Hill. Lauren is singing the hook, so you know that's crazy. Young got a verse. Lauren got a verse. You know that shit crazy. So it's just like yo. It was like niggas was just like yo. Niggas about to win. We about to see the team win. And then it just all fell the fuck apart, man. It's just so interesting how ninety. I think ninety six is a, is the year that rap took a different notch up commercial and commercial like commercializing the genre yeah. and it's it has i think it has so like i think def jam got sold the next year and just so much money was around that the way they were promoting everything was like a movie budget so it felt like yeah. nah we can't we're not gonna let you be on this b-list movie or this b-movie because it's gonna right. ruin your right image. that's exactly that's exactly what it was denzel you can't be in your man's fucking Harlem movie, <laughs> you know, you can't be in the new Dame Dash movie, Denzel. Like you too big for that. Whereas an actor, you could just be like, "Yo, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm a free agent." Denzel's not signed to nobody. He he's can do what he wants. Whereas these artists are signed to the label. So again, it's just like living at home with your moms. Can I go over my man God's house? No, nope. fuck. Now all, all you can do is be pissed at your mom. That's all you can do is be pissed. You can't you can't do nothing else because you can't go. I can't spend the night. You know what I mean? Now you gotta tell your boys I can't spend the night, man. I can't come to the studio tonight. I know I was the ride. Now everybody mad at you because I'm sure Young Z and them was pissed. Like, what the fuck you mean you can't be on the album? Like, yo, we need you. Right. So I mean, it's just again industry politics, man. Just, just crazy shit. Um, next person I got up is Talib Kweli, man. I was, um, I, I made a best of Talib mixtape, and I love the fuck out this mixtape. Like, love it, love it. But it's just because it's all the best songs he got. You know what I mean? Like, it's just grabbing chunks of songs from every album and putting them all together. Um, and I'm not including Reflection Eternal, because I do believe that Reflection Eternal album is a five-my classic. I'm just talking about his solo stuff um, that he put out. Uh, the album that's my favorite is probably Quality. And I just feel like it kind of was a little bit all over the place. The first song, Rush, that sets the album off, don't really do it for me. The gun music with Coco Brothers, the beat wasn't there. He actually got a slow jam on there called Talk to You with Bilal. I'm like, yo, this nigga's really trying to rhyme over a slow jam. Like, it just never connected. You know what I mean? And it, it's funny because I read his book. If, if you fuck with Talib a little bit, the book is dope. Like, I've wondered about Blackstar. I've wondered about Reflection. I've wondered what happened with Rockets. If you've ever wondered those things, read his book. It's a great read. Um, but he kind of was talking about after Get By, Rock has really kept wanting that radio record. And again, he's like, I didn't make Get By to be the hit that it was. It just so happened to do that. And now that label, even though Rock is, is an indie label, once they started seeing them radio plays and that radio money, then it was like, we want more of that shit. You know, and I just felt like he was always trying to get... You know, like you look at it to live album, it may be featuring Mary, it may be featuring John Legend, like you know what I mean? He he talks about in the book of trying to ride that cusp of being an a above the you know, above ground rapper, but then still being an underground rapper. And I didn't even realize it until I read the book that I'm like, damn, yeah, you're right. You always did he always did have them big singles or these big names, but so yeah, just a, a dope book, but to live to me is just that. And I would probably say sometimes the production, like, you know, when he was with High Tech, with Reflection Eternal, you know, like it was there. And I think kind of leaving him, it kind of was like um, trying to find the right producers, trying to find the right fit. I feel quality. He got a young Kanye who was just hungry with the get by and the Gorilla Monsoon rap and, and those joints like that. But um, yeah, so for me, it's just really the production because... To live, you gonna get what you get from to live. Like I don't think I've ever heard to live come whack. To live is 
like Chick-fil-A fries. They're going to be the same every fucking time. Either you like them, you like these waffle fries, or you don't. Because he's never going to be whack or come whack. It's just the production. So for me, it's just, I just think he's always trying to find the right producer to fit with. And it's like, I just wish you'd find, I wish he'd do a hip boy. And now it's like, really just find that right person who just fits your style and just rock out with them you know and he had that with tech but you know they had their issues which is dope you hear about in the book of just tech he would say like would make a beat and then if tech didn't like it, he'd be like nah fuck that you can't rhyme with it and he'd be like i already wrote the whole rhyme to it nigga like and that caused a lot of tension and stuff like that so very dope book it's called vibrate higher um if you're a little fan i think you'll fuck with it uh vey who's another person you got bro well, since we like heavy on the hip hop side, I'm gonna just keep it hip hop. Um, I got Eminem. I feel like as a, a person who like took a chance on a Slim Shady LP, like just on the bus driving, or not driving back, but riding back to Morgan just to see like, you know, let me see what the fuss is about and kind of being pleasantly surprised and, and liking that album. Um, you know, I would check for him every time and I you know I, I love the uh, Marshall Mathis LP is probably my favorite because it I feel like the Slim Shady LP is like and I'm not saying it's you know a classic or anything like that but it's probably like Eminem's Illmatic right his start and then Marshall Mathis LP is like it was written right like it's you could tell they're a little bit richer He's a little bit more skilled at what he does, and he's a little bit more crazy with the bars, right? Because the Bonnie and Clyde shit was always a, a dope story to me, right? Even though it was like, like who thinks of that, right? Like, hey, you know, your mother's in the trunk. You about, it's just the way he's talking to his daughter. I just thought it was a dope song to put together, and then you know, Marshall Mathers LP just takes it almost too far, where you're like, oh shit, what's this? what is this? But. Um, I feel like with M, I think his his curse was the fact that the the crazy shit is what got the most attention, and and the, the goofy shit is what got the most attention. So, Guilty Conscience was a dope record, but you could tell they wanted more of that guy than they wanted the guy that's in ciphers and battling people off the top and shit like that. So he gave him more of that. And I remember on the Marshall Mathis LP, like, you know how you listen to an album and you like a couple of songs here and there and you see, uh, I see Bitch Please too. And I'm like, on Eminem's album? Like, cause I love the first year with, with Snoop and um, Exhibit. But I think Eminem got the best verse on this shit because it was just what he was saying where I was like, damn, this, he just needs to do more of that. Like that's the, that's the M that heads like it's just that he has to fill his albums with these goofy shits and i feel like that's that's his problem right he's never gonna have a classic in the eyes of hip-hop heads all around because you gotta listen to all this other shit to get to the one joint like a stand that you're like yo this is incredible or 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 uh, till i collapse when you like yo i like this shit you got to get through all this other shit to get there. And we all, you know, co-sign him as being dope at what he does. But to me, he don't have classics. He may have a favorite album I like, a couple of songs I like, uh, but not nothing I could say that's a classic. 
Um, even though I know there are probably people who feel like, you know, the Eminem show or whatever is classic, but I, I would disagree. It's almost like the Macaulay Culkin effect. It's like he never really got a chance to grow up and like grow into like an adult actor. Right. I feel like it's the thing with him. Like, M did that Slim Shady shit so perfect, you know what I'm saying? Like, so good. When he tried to grow up and sober up and shit like that, it was like, the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? And it, it just didn't hit the same. Like, he was so, he was so great at that slim ass Slim Shady. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when he tried to put Marshall Mathers in the mix and kind of X out Slim Shady, it was like, for one, for me, I didn't want to hear a mid 30 or 40 year old M still on the Slim Shady shit. So I was looking forward to him growing up. I was looking forward to recovery, actually. But then when I heard it, I'm like, mm. I don't really like him sounding like this. So it was, it was, I just don't think his content allowed him to outgrow, you know what I'm saying, and become a uh, a more mature artist, which he did, but I don't think it was accepted by a lot of the people who was riding with him at first. It's kind of like 50, like 50 came out and like, it's like 50 came out at the top. I mean, not, I'm not counting power of the dollar. I'm talking about like when the world knew who he was, like get rich or die trying. It's like, you can't do that gangster shit no better than what 50 did it for, you know what I'm saying, get rich in the massacre. So it's like, where do you go from there? Down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was a, a, a crazy meteoric explosion, you know what I'm saying, of a, of a debut. And it's like, you kind of felt it really ain't nowhere to go but down from here. I think him aligning with G-Unit gave his career, well, not career, but gave him extra life in the light. You know what I'm saying? Because that shit was a crazy merger. You already with Drake. Now you add 50, which is the hottest shit out right now. I think that shit prolonged, you know what I'm saying, his reign. But it's like after that shit died, it was like, I right, what's up? You know what I'm saying? It's funny because I've never been a big M fan, but I always hear people say when M sobered up, he got whacker. When Roy sobered up, he got better. You know what I mean? So... I don't know if, if, if I kind I kind of agree with that. <laughs> I was yeah, never so. a big Royce fan, but I, I, what I did what I was point about Eminem is like just like with me. So I said before he answered the question because there was a lot of pressure on him after the uh, the My Name is, and to me, when he really peaked on on what's the soundtrack to his his, uh, his movie, the Eight Mile soundtrack. Eight mile? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. The way he lose control. Hey, eight mile road, like all his like solo shit on there is crazy. Yeah, like, the, cause that that was the best version of like him not being slim shape. That was like the to me him on that eight mile road soundtrack. That was the best M minus slim shady, and I don't think he. Cause almost like he's playing the character. It's almost yeah. like he's that character. It's like I'm playing the. But, but it was him. Scene. Yeah, Lose Yourself was like Because the way he rapped And it's just for me I don't know how to explain it But when you have that much, that many eyes on you And it's just like being clutch in, in sports He was he came through And it, it was in the clutch Right before um, I think right before G-Unit But I didn't put that together Until you guys just, just said, put, put it together for me When he was in that character That stupid caricature It, it ruined him it, it was like Like you said It became a uh, how you say like a, an actor, uh, not a method actor, um, but they get lost in that role. Like we can see only see Steve Urkel as Steve Urkel. So with right, Eminem right, being able like, to just uh, talk about his life and autobiograph- autobiograph- autobiographical style on Lose Yourself, I it, I didn't put it together until you put it together for me. That makes perfect sense. 
What was the first single of the second album? Was that the one who's the real Slim Shady and he had all the white boys with the blonde hair like at the MTV Awards? Uh, yeah. So I see what you're saying. Like, it's just, he's this character again. Here comes the first single from that for the second album is, right. you know, like you said, the goofy shit. I got 40 white boys all dressed up like me. Cause that, cause, cause that song when he's talking about with, um, I'm also matters when he's talking about you guys are copying big and pop too much like you switch wallets, the he kills that, he rips that like on Slim like that's that's the second album is um, Marshall Mathers OP right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He get he's getting off on that and again. He's not this this stupid character. So I never thought about that until now. Until you guys just uh put it put it together for me. I keep smart people on here, Fabian. I, you see, I'm Thank learning you. all night. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know half this shit myself. God, who you got up next for you, man? Another big dog, man. I'm gonna have to go with my my guy, man. Kiss. Um, mm. one, of the, one of the hardest. You know what I'm saying? One of the best lyricists I ever heard in my life. Like at, at that point in time, I was a shorty. You know what I'm saying? When Kiss really blew. Um, I was aware of a lot. Money, power, stack was my shit. But I didn't really hear all for the love until like 2000, and that shit was Mike Gate that was actually on um, Money Power Respect. I didn't hear all for the love until like 2000, and when I heard that, I'm like, oh, the ball head nigga is crazy, like this nigga. Cause I didn't really fuck with if you think I'm jiggy, and I was like, I was fucking with Bad Boy during the Biggie era, like that whole shiny shoes uh, suit shit, Mace. I was fucking with them, but I didn't really, I didn't really like the locks. I thought they was gonna be a B side group and they wasn't gonna go nowhere. My young mind at that time, I'm 12 and 98. I really couldn't understand what it was that they were talking about. I ain't even like you at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love you. You know what I'm saying? But at that time, it was like my mind was in a different place. I was too young to understand certain shit that was being kicked. But it's like when I heard All for the Love, and then that shit led me to the Locks freestyles, and then, you know what I'm saying? His buzz was crazy. I was now, that's when I was outside. For the Jada Kids Kiss the Game Goodbye Buzz, like, I could remember the last song that I remember. Before that drop was a a lock song off the Rough Riders compilation. I think it was volume two and it was Go Ahead. That nigga said, I'ma deal with my enemy sooner. Cause I got him looking for my solo album like Kennedy Jr. And I'm like, oh my God, like this nigga is finna go crazy. And Kiss the Gang About was dope. I liked it. But it didn't it was like the meth effect. You know what I'm saying? It didn't live up to the buzz and to the hype. You know what I'm saying? And I think my favorite Kiss album is uh Kiss the Death. I think he came close to making a classic with that, but it just fell just a little bit short. I feel like that's his most complete, well-rounded album. That's that like Kiss Kiss of Death or Jada is like me against the world for Tupac. You know what I'm saying? That was the most complete, well-rounded shit for me for Kiss. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like after that, it was too many South joints. You know what I'm saying? Not nothing against that, but I ain't really care for Kiss on that shit. Like some of the South shit, he was killing. You know what I'm saying? Um, like some of his joints with Lil John and them, like his Bone Crusher, I ain't never scared remix verse. He was killing them shits, but like I ain't really care for like the uh, OJ the Juice Man joint. Um, who's real? Like some of them joints, it was like, mm. and I think he he was trying to ride that commercial wave too hard. And I ain't necessarily saying be an underground artist, but I just think his commercial attempts, I ain't really fuck with a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Why that was a big joint. But yeah, like Kiss, another one of them Method Man type motherfuckers. So we're like, you talk about moments and a verse, like actually the verses, you know what I'm saying? It just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of fucking classic moments, a lot of classic ass verses just really couldn't quite put it together for that album. Mm. 
I feel right. it's it's a, it's a very fine line, like between um being a commercial rapper and being an underground rapper. Like 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 for me, like I love underground rappers, and once like once I love an artist. If, if everybody starts to starts to like him and starts to talk him, then I, I, I'm like, no, I, I can't fuck with him no more. <laughs> Too many people know his shit. But you want him to be, you want your favorite artist to be successful. You want him to reach a certain uh, level. But then I just don't want them to get like like too much fame and too much like all of that. You know what I'm saying? Because it didn't like I don't know. Now I can't now I can't fuck with him no more. But that's like that's like a that's like a very hard thing for rappers to do, man. For, not, to stay underground and still be commercial and be you know what I'm saying be out there like that too. It's it's, it's, it's hard, man. In New York, yeah. probably big. At Jay Z at a certain point, Jada had a chance. I thought Mace at, at was was tight roping that for a second. Um, but not too many people could do that. Like even Nas struggled with the commercial side of that. But again, that met the man comparison was ill. Um, that was dope because because I I was disappointed in Kiss the Game Goodbye. That's his first album, Kiss the Game Goodbye. Yeah. I was disappointed in that because I think it was exactly what you said, God. It was Kiss at that time was top tier. He was most anticipated. Jay was hating on him. Jay Z was hating on him left and right everywhere he went. Right. And and we felt it and we saw it. And when he threw beans at him, first of all, that's when I started respecting beans. Cause I didn't really, you know, I thought he was alright. But when he I think personally, and everyone disagrees with me, that Beanie won that battle by himself. I think he got the best verses out of that out of the when they went back and forth. I was so impressed. Like, he killed Kiss. I was so impressed by it, but all those things led to like again whether you lose or you win the hype is there and i don't know if like i love knock yourself out okay but he didn't have that lose yourself and even met the man answered with the you're all i need he had the um bring the pain he had those singles that were monsters classic i don't know if jada kisses singles were necessarily that on the commercial side so I never he got him made up for it on the second joint, Kiss of Death. That's why I like Kiss of Death so much because it was a more mature kiss. He got more personable. He told you about more of his life, and I ain't saying that's the instant key to making a classic, but it was. It's. I think. I just think that's his best, most well-rounded effort. You know what I'm saying? As far as a solo artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a couple joints I could do without off there. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot that I really fuck with. I just feel like for, for whatever reason, like. He, just it just always fell short you know what i'm saying for that for that project for me like now as a shorty i love kiss the game goodbye but as i got older and i'm like really i'm able to analyze shit and break shit down i'm like yeah this was this was raw for me being what uh 14 15 at the time it was dope as hell for me being that age but like you know what i'm saying now that i'm old it's kind of like it, it, was, it was dope it was dope it wasn't as hard as what i thought it was back then but it was dope but Kiss the Game is just his most well-rounded effort. Like, I fuck with that. I had Kiss on mine, too. Mine was Kiss the Game Goodbye. Um, I think the thing with Kiss, and I never got it, it seemed like labels was trying to sign the most hoodest rappers and make them make radio songs. Go commercial. Which yeah. I didn't get, yeah. because that's Absolutely. Cassidy, that's Fab, that's Kiss. So you're getting these three dudes, because I remember, Big, my niggas from Brooklyn, tell me about Fab Sport. Like, yo, nigga, Fab Sport, crazy. Then I hear the da 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 on Superwoman. I'm like, this nigga? You know what I mean? I'm telling everybody about Cassidy. Then Hotel come out. My nigga's like, this nigga? Like, it was this this nigga moment of like, this the nigga who ripping clue tapes? This nigga stuttering and stuff. Right. So it's something like, I don't know why the label was, these labels were signing these 
underground assassins and then being like, go make hotel. Go, go, go make it's no better with Mashonda. Like, nigga, like, like, again, it's that living, the, the record label being like living with your moms. It's like, if you live with your parents, it's like, yo, I'm an artistic kid, but your parents trying to make you go get a job type thing. You know, like my moms would have been like, if I came home after college, she would have been like, yo, just do your music. Don't worry about no rent, just do your music. Like that's a dope independent label. You know what I mean? And you got some other pairs like, no, I'm the major label, nigga. You, I want fuck $400, I want all the rent. You paying half my mortgage, nigga. So it's like, shit, I gotta get out here and try to do this job I don't want to do, but I can't focus on what I do want to do. So I feel like it's like kids trying to make these radio songs. And then again, I get it because niggas gotta eat. Like, that's yep. the thing at the end of the day that I do understand from this game now being old and having a kid about to go to college. Niggas gotta eat. When I was, when it was fucking 96 and I'm eight, I'm 22, it's like, oh, nah, that's why you get with the track master. This nigga's trying to eat. He's trying to get the fuck out the projects. You know, in my mind, I'm like, having that. No matter how much loot I get, I'm staying in the projects forever. <laughs> like, niggas like, no, I want a nice car. I want to get out the projects. Like, you know what I mean? And to get out the projects in this business, means I gotta sell records so I'm gonna have to keep throwing shit and seeing what sticks on the wall you know like you said why was a big joint but it wasn't a smash you know what I mean it wasn't no smash so again it, I just think with Kiss is just like trying to get that you know it's almost like trying to get that big check instead of trying to maybe be more patient and get the long money like maybe like a Styles P like Styles P stays in his lane makes these incredible albums, you know, I, I, I ain't in nobody's pocket, you know, I'm sure he's okay, you know what I mean? Instead of going for this home run hit over here to be on the world tour to kind of like max out all the money, especially when maybe you just can't do it. Everybody can't do it. You know, everybody who, who can't play offense and defense like that, everybody can't be Kobe. Everybody's not going to be all defensive team and top scorer in the league. Everybody's not gonna be able to do it. Only a few can. Only a few have been able to ride that 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 thin line of being able to be above and underground at the same time. You know, like you said, Big's formula was there. It took Jay a while to learn how to do that shit. It took Nas a minute to learn how to do that shit. Not everybody can do it. And I think that just made me kiss his thing. And I really thought that this last album was gonna be the album we was gonna get. He's not on no label. Nobody's in his ear. I'm like, fuck, we still got John Legend. We still got, you know, fucking all these other people like dog. Like, and then at this point, I'm just like, yo, maybe this is just what you want to make, my nigga. Like for years, I was What'd you say? No, I said Ignatius. That's that's the album you talking about? Yeah, and then somebody told me that his man died, but his man he he got with the people that his man liked, so that's the reason why the album sounds like that. So again, I don't know. For all these years, I was like blaming the label. Now you ain't got a label. Maybe it's just you, my nigga. Maybe that's what you want to make, you know. And if that's cool, that's cool. But you you may end your career without a classic album. It's just right. you know it's a bad part to the story. Fabian, who you got up next, bro? You guys made me think of these. Um, first of all, I'm I'm glad you brought up Jada Kisses. Um, I think he really influenced the Cassidy's and and even Lloyd Banks, as I mentioned. Like that whole flow, smack, we call like a smack flow. They really all sounded like at a certain point, and it was really redundant. Um, but I think Jada Kiss did start that. Um, I don't know if Liquid Swords is considered a classic or Five Mics. That, that, that's definitely considered yeah. a five classic. Is it? 
Cause for me, oh, a lot of people like, nah, well. it's not. Oh, is it? Okay. That was very well. Know. So that that bro, half the conversation on Twitter every day is what's better. Oh, only built for Cuban links, a liquid sword. A liquid. But I mean, again, you're younger, bro, and if it didn't speak to you like that, no doubt, speak on it, bro. No, no, I thought it was. I thought it was a classic when it oh, came okay, out. Okay, had, okay. Yeah, it had it had radio records. So all right, and that's off the table. I was gonna fight for it. But I was I was always impressed by it because again it was the total opposite when you guys talked about Method Man just now. I don't know if there was as much pressure on him to answer, but it was just I remember liking almost every song and going like, "Damn, this is a I can't believe this album is over." And it you was, know what? Hold, hold hold that for one second, Fabian. How much do y'all think that pressure? Because something you just said made me think, and y'all help me remember because I'm old. Immeasurable. <laughs> what you say? Immeasurable. It plays a big part. I think. Right, what because I'm sitting here thinking, what did, were we holding like Gnu? Do you remember were we holding Ray and Ghost? I don't remember being like this. Ray album is gonna be this, or this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna be yeah. This, or this album is gonna be this. I, well, I mean, I again, but you're younger, right? Oh, okay. I'm just saying okay. from the standpoint of being there, like with the Wu, Meth was up here. I don't feel like it was like in the rest of them like they ain't dope but I just don't remember if there was that hype for Cuban links and Ray I remember being like Ghost gonna be on this album like okay I guess so and kind of being surprised by Ghost being so dope which then raised the ball for Iron Man but was that how it was Gnu and Vague I can't remember I don't know I just remember being excited to hear the projects as they were coming out like I was just anticipating everybody everybody dropping their shit you know the way they said they were I can remember being around my cousins at that time and I remember even if it was vaguely I remember Method Man being like a hot fucking topic when he came out I remember yeah. like motherfuckers talking about Method Man and me just hearing the name at so young of an age Method Man Method Man all the time so even though I wasn't outside outside musically like that yet I feel like Method Man had like you said earlier he had so much pressure and he might have folded a little bit under that pressure to whereas a Jizza, a Ray and a Ghost they didn't have that pressure yeah, they and they just got like to slid create in. and craft and comfort you know what I'm saying they, they got the cra- right. they got the craft they shit in comfort a level of comfort that I don't think Meth was really had the privilege of of having, you know what I'm saying? Because right. all that pressure and that spotlight, the expectation of it, it's like you're supposed to be that one, like you said, he's supposed to be in the conversation. So when you got motherfuckers that's like coming up from the basement and they not really, they dope and motherfuckers is talking about them, but the buzz is not like that. That's a level of comfort that's priceless, you know what I'm saying? When you talking about creating, you, you it's basically a safe space, you know what I'm saying? Like when you highly tout it like that, you gotta be like a mental, your mental strength gotta be like up there to really deliver under that type of shit. It's almost like going to the movies. Like when I see a Jordan Pill movie, the expectations are up here. I'm like, this shit better knock it out the fucking park. But then like I just saw this movie Barbarian, which is a very dope movie. If y'all ain't seen Barbarian, check that shit out. But I was like, yo, this shit is really dope. But I just watched it on the humble. You know what I mean? There was no expectations going into it. So I'm just like, me and T just watching the movie. It's like, oh shit. Like, so I'm sorry, Fabian. I just, that was a great point of what you were saying about Jizza. Just that, because I remember being like, yo, I can't wait to hear Jizza, but it wasn't like the meth. Like, 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 like you were saying, I said earlier, guy, like it wasn't from the standpoint of Jizza's name should be with who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay Z, or Nas. Meth's name was supposed to be there. I don't know anybody putting Genius's name. 
as you know, this dude is going to be the next one up. So I'm sorry, Favor. I just want that was a great point you made. So no, that I think that was. I think that is the point for a lot, like you know, the superstars that answer the bell. Like we we talked about, Jadakiss didn't, and I'm Ray, Rayquan and Ghostface didn't have. I don't think they had the the Method Man anticipation either, but there was that street buzz because when we were, I think the lunchroom table is everything in school, or the you know if you're in front of the store. Once you start talking about certain, like once Cream came out, Rayquan was that dude. Rayquan was that dude. And then for Ghostface, for me personally and my cousins, when we were watching Video Music Box, when he didn't show his face on on music uh, on the chess boxing, mystery of chess boxing, that to me is the best intro in like music history. You didn't see his guy's face, and I, we were just like, "Yo, his name is Ghostface, and his face is missing. This is crazy." So when we heard him, it was like, "All right, his album is anticipated." Now he's on the purple tape. The purple tape brought brought that's the legend. That's the legendary tape of, of, from any, you know, any album. So Inspector Deck didn't have any of this post-buzz, pre-buzz, none of this. But it was still like, yo, I think that's my favorite album. And I didn't realize it was a, a debate to this day. I'm glad that it is. And maybe I, I don't know if I could go on to the next one after you made me think of it. But hey, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Do, you, do you the next one? The, oh, it was, was going to be um, Beanie Siegel's um, The Be Coming. That was... It had my bread and, uh, bread and butter on it. The, uh, bread and butter, yeah. Yeah, that album to me, because like I said, after to me, when he beat, when he, when he was battling with the locks, he was going through the court case and everything. Beanie Siegel is a better artist than any one of the locks. And that was shocking to me. When I heard the beat coming, the way he was able to talk about his relationship problems um, and then getting deep with the, you know, feel it in the air. And there's so many songs on the album. I don't know, maybe maybe it's not a classic. Couple I mean, couple it's a songs classic short, movie, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, I love classic. Classic. I don't know if it's a worldwide classic, but right. I and definitely I, think this is being easily his dopest album. Find my classic, and he got Jay Z on here on this song. Yeah, Beans got Jay Z a couple of times. It's on. Yeah, that shit got too many joints, bro. Like too many joints. Yeah, but so again, I, thought... I don't think it's a worldwide classic. I just, okay. it's just personal to me. That was that was always my favorite Beanie album. I was I was anticipating it because of after the battle and everything, and I just felt realized like, oh no, nah, he's nice, way nicer than what I thought. Because once it's like when Lil Wayne when when his buzz was happening and he was rising up with the mixtapes. My next thing was okay, the next rapper he gets on, whoever he features with, whoever he, whoever he features, whether it's Jay Z, whoever the next guy is, he better kill them. Because if he doesn't, he ain't that guy to me. And I don't feel like he killed Jay Z. I don't feel like he's he went step to step with him on um on a Mr. Carter song. I don't think he did. But Beanie always went back and forth with Jay, so he always had that respect lyrically. And then the beat coming was just for me it was a personal classic, and I love that album. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you too. Good news. Who you got up next, bro? All right. So um, another cat that I feel he's putting a lot of uh, work on the underground circuit. Um, I think I first, I can't even really remember where I first heard this guy, man, but uh, Planet Asia, he's, um, I think he's super nice. And as I'm looking at his, um, and his catalog here on Apple Music, he got, he got stuff dating back to 2002, all the way to 2020, all the way up to now. Durag Dynasty. Yeah, Durag Dynasty. Yeah, that was a, with uh, Alchemist. He's worked with a lot of, he's worked with like the best producers. He's done, he's done like 
the dopest features. Um, he got he's got a lot of work out there, but I still feel like Homeboy has no he has no classic. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, man, he got a, he got he got a fan base. Like somebody listening to his shit because he's mad. He got mad. He, he put out records every six months. I think like he got like I said he got mad work out there, but for some reason um. I don't know, man. He just not he just not out there, out there like that. You know what I'm saying? I've always heard his name. I mean, I think I've heard Joint saying there, but it was never I could I say rappers like that are like if you and your girl ever go out to dinner and the food ain't bad, but you just never go back to that restaurant again. Like the food <laughs> isn't bad, but you almost right, ask right. yourself, like, yo, why don't we go to the diner no more? Like, didn't we like oh, right. it was cool? But it never is like, yo, let's go to the diner tonight. It's like one of them spots. It's not bad. It was just good enough, but not good enough to keep going back to over and over again like that. Because I hear the name all the time. I was talking to Ev right. about we're talking about interviewing MCs for this piece he's doing, and like the first West Coast MC he said out of everybody was playing at Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, like you said, the name rings bells, but yeah. I don't know what it is. Shout out medallions, uh, man! I had a chance to politic with him for a little bit. Uh, went out to LA this past uh, this past summer with only Big Spencer. So shout out medallions. You know what I'm saying? He definitely put in that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's he's a West Coast dude, and for me, when I listen yeah. to him, it's like a combination of like Ray and Ghost. He's like a low head. He, Absolutely. Absolutely. He's like always, you know, talking like that strawberry kiwi type 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 of shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's, <laughs> that's, that's why I fuck with him. Like that's how you know that, those is his bars. That's why that's why I fuck with uh I fuck with Planet Ish, man. But I feel like I, I don't know, man. He got a, he got mad mad shit out there, man. But nobody really knows. Really, his his name is not spoken like that out there. You know what I mean? He's not heralded as like a. A top five guy, but I never heard a whack verse from him. Never heard a whack song. You know what I mean? You know so, the crazy thing being, I got and I got it written big across the top. Don't make incredible songs. You know what mm, I mean? Like, mm. and I feel like, and again, I don't mean like here and there. It's almost like y'all know I got an analogy for everything. It's like Thanksgiving dinner when Grandma can make the entire Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? That's it's something special about that shit. I don't need no, no, Nisi, you stay over there. I don't need your mac and cheese. No, I, you stay over there with your coleslaw. Like I got this. Most people come with a dish. They come in with you know something like that, and it takes a very special individual to be able to make all these dishes good. And to me, like that's making a that's making an album where all the dishes we're preparing dinner for you and all the dishes the desserts are banging everything is banging and so many people just don't have the skill to do that and i don't think it's a knock on anybody i don't think it's a knock on anybody if you can't make 10 banging ass meals you know what i mean like maybe macaroni and cheese is your shit maybe turkey is your shit so some of these people can make incredible songs but it's hard and again people who are artists can attest that it's, it's hard to be able to make 10 to 12 incredible songs that are gonna pull you in and keep you there. And when I talk about keep you there, I'm talking about that Thanksgiving day plate where you go back and you want more mac and cheese. You want more turkey. Not that I just got my plate and I'm just trying to be polite. No, I want more mac and cheese. Nigga, who just ate the last piece of sweet potato pie? Like, niggas be ready to rub. Like, that's what I mean. It's hard to do that 
all together. And I think that everybody just doesn't have that. Like I said, think of how many plays in the NBA. Everybody ain't getting to the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Everybody. It's not to say you're not a great player. Everybody's just not getting to the Hall. What were you going to say, Bay? No, I was going to say that um, when you think about it, it's just a matter of strengths and weaknesses when we talk about a lot of these artists. Um, when you recognize your weaknesses, sometimes you're able to turn them into strengths. You know, I think that's what Nas and Hip Boy are doing, right? Because we've heard Nas on a song with Future before, and it was terrible. Like, it's, it was because, to me, I think it was because of his flow over the trap beat. But now he's with Hip Boy. Shit, I don't even cringe when I see uh, or hear a trap beat come because I think Hip Boy's doing a good job of identifying where Nas should be in the pocket with this new Nas flow on this beat. So it's almost like he never sounds off, he never sounds out of the pocket. None of the beats never sound like they don't go with Nas, right? And it doesn't make you think about the mystique of Nas, right? You don't think about the Esco years or the Illmatic. You just think about King's Disease, Nas. And I think Nas being, as artists, being vulnerable enough to allow someone to produce him in this way and recognizing, I did it like this before and everybody loved everything. Um, I can't do that no more, but how do I, how do I stay relevant? I think he, uh, you know, recognize what was what was weak about his game today and they fixed it and so now like when we hit play on these joints we kind of like we don't believe it it's like three consecutive dope albums now like how you know what i'm saying but i think in a lot of ways you know like again like the example with kiss kiss doing it for radio but he's not recognizing what people like about kiss we don't want to hear you with OJ the Juice Man unless there's some way you can make it work. You can't just retrofit your traditional flow to some new shit and say it works because I'm Kiss. So I, I think a lot of artists struggle with that. I think Beanie struggled with that in a lot of ways. Um, trying to, you know, trying to, because he had some hits, but he was featured on a lot of those hits. You know what I'm saying? And now he has to carry these hits by himself and he's trying to redo it or regurgitate it and he, he can't because he can't help who he is. So a, a lot of times, you know, it just takes a, a producer to produce you to to not be afraid to tell you how to rhyme. Not completely, right? But say, you know what, that part right there, maybe you should say it like this. And I'm pretty sure, you know, God, I know, like, as an MC, we kind of like, nigga, I wrote it like this. Uh, this is the way I want to say it, right? Absolutely. It's hot when I wrote it. But sometimes you have to trust. And then when you hear it after the fact, you're like, okay, I see what he, he heard what I didn't hear because I was in my writer's zone and it worked out for the best. So I, I think, like, that's kind of like one of the other themes of the show is, um, you know, a lot of these guys, we love them. But they were doing too much in a lot of regards. It didn't really um, hit the mark in some ways. So. I, I, I didn't think about it till now until Vegas put it put it like that. The best lyricists or writers and vocalists, best beat makers. Because I, I don't really don't 
know the difference between the beat makers and producers that you guys probably explain it better but it just sounds like if you're a beat maker or you're a writer no matter what you're a writer of music so the best ones are co-producers as well so for a, a lyricist to say not said it like this to be able to listen to a hit boy and trust him i mean hit boy is, big, is like an executive producer at that point and kiss doesn't have that from what from what you're saying a lot of artists don't have that. yeah yeah swiss but i just think swiss be off sometimes man yeah i don't know if swiss i i, I think i think the thing with executive producers is almost like you know because me and fabian always talk ball it's like a dope coach you know what i mean like tim duncan said he wouldn't be the player he is if he had a different coach every two years like the average nba player has that nigga had great pop his whole career he's one of the top if not the best power forward ever at least top three but he's like, I owe that to having the same coach work with me throughout my entire career. Not just the same coach, but an incredible, one of the greatest coaches ever. You know what I mean? So like Vague said, the, the great point Vague made is that Nas let himself be executive produced at this stage in his career. Usually at this stage in your career, you're like, nigga, I got this. I'm not. The fuck is you talking about? You know what I mean? So, but being able to do that like takes that 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 place of it being like because here's the thing everybody can't pick up pick the right beat you know what i mean i've said the story a million times nigga came through my crib played on beat you like it no he left another mc came over you like it yeah wrote to it recorded first nigga came back the next day i played him the song nigga why you ain't playing me that beat nigga i did play you the beat <laughs> the problem was is that you couldn't hear what you could do with the beat when you heard the finished product, when you heard the song and the verses and the chorus he came up with, why didn't you play that for me? And that showed me right there, back in 96, everybody can hear what they can do with the beat. And that's no knock on MC number one. I'm not saying he's a very dope MC, but he just didn't wasn't able to hear everything and pull it together. So some MCs need that, some MCs don't. You know, Vang will tell you, I'll send beats over and I'll be like, yo, like, Vang, I don't know if you remember this. A long time ago, I, wrote, I sent you this beat about something. I was like, yo, I'm seeing death and I'm seeing you talking to Jam Master J and all the people who died. Vang was like, nah, I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and my, yo, but I loved it because he's like, nah, nah, I can't, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? But so when I'm making a beat, sometimes I'll have in mind like a concept or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where every MC isn't able to do that. And I don't think that's a knock on anybody. It's just like, you have an extra special gift. Like, I think if you're an MC you're, and you're dope, you're dope, but maybe, you, maybe you're able to do this too, you know? And then maybe you're able to do that. So we were just talking about this whole hip boy, the whole nigga who was with Drake talking about he wrote for Nas. And then he's like, oh, I just helped him with the chorus. That started a whole thing on the timeline. Like, I'm like, I don't mind the MC needing help with a chorus. I don't look at that as a ghostwriter, you know, because that's something else. Now, maybe you're just a dope MC who can pick beats, write dope rhymes, and write dope chorus. Well, nigga, you just, you Jordan. You know what I mean? But again, every ball player can be Jordan. You know what I mean? And that's no knock if you're not Jordan. You can still have a great career. You know, God, vague, GNU, I know you rap. I don't know how easy it is with coming up with choruses. From what I've seen, that's one of the hardest things to do. You know what I mean? Especially if you're trying to sell records. Especially if you're trying to sell records. Coming up with a chorus just like, you know, whatever, whatever. But I mean, like New York State of Mind, there ain't no real chorus with that. You know what I mean? Like represent, there ain't no real chorus with that. You know what I mean? Whose world is this is probably the most catchiest chorus and Pete did it. You know what I mean? So again, 
these are all different skills that like big i think you're saying is that everybody may just not have and it's not it's okay to be like i need help and i feel like that's maybe what a lot of mcs struggle with is saying i always tell people michael jordan sam grover i read all his books love this nigga's books jordan's trainer kobe's trainer dwayne wade's trainer you know people think like steph just going to the gym and start shooting jumpers from the other side of the fucking building he has a shooting coach he works with you know these great players have people who push them to make them better tim grover is always talking about players he won't say who but he's like yo this player snuck out the hotel left the team practice to come get with me we needed a session he needed to get his mind right we sent them back like you need this tim grover you need that person who's going to help connect the dots for you to push you to be greater you know and that that's why kobe oh that's who jordan go to oh kobe going to oh dwayne wait that's who kobe okay i'm going to so this this is how this nigga has gotten his name out there like that because it's like yo you need that some people need that so i think babe, that's a great point you know a lot of these mcs may not be able to say i want to i need help and then too guess what the help costs so in the in the 90s when a lot of times when people would look at they look at they 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 budgets at the end of it like executive producer who the fuck am i paying 600k to, to pick beats fuck that fire that nigga i'm gonna pick the beats and look at it this way for somebody like a nas hit boy was money well spent mm -hmm. it is it has shifted his career definitely in a lot of ways and the conversation around him right like niggas is just changing their goat list and shit because of it so yeah. it's money well spent it's a great investment and then it's almost like as an acting coach still yeah yeah i mean but but those are the things that people don't see you know what i'm saying like you see the beyonce show you think she really came up with all them steps herself no that nigga got choreographer like you know what i mean like all these people have helped to this day, I'm still shocked that comedians have ghostwriters. When I heard that, yo, I almost passed out. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? What you mean? Somebody wrote for you, nigga. What you mean? Like, but so again, we all need help. I ain't saying get a ghostwriter, but it's like, you know, it's like getting married. It's like finding the right person who completes you. You know what I mean? I think even through music, that's what you're trying to do. Think of go for Cuban links. Think about Raekwon on mobility without Raekwon. I mean, without Rizzo. See where that shit went. So you need sometimes you need that shit the woo always talks about how like yo the first these albums were so dope because we love being in the studio with each other they said by the second album that's why they had to fly out to la because like niggas would come and do their verse and then leave and it was like nah we remember we used to stay in the studio and help each other like iron sharpens iron like by now that we all blew up nah i'm good that was my verse all right i'm out you know but that camaraderie and being around each other is probably what made woo so dope you know what I mean? We, me and they was watching Beach Rhymes of Life the other day, and she was like, well, who's the big deal about Fife moving to Atlanta? And I said, well, if you're used to getting together every day in Queens after school, and y'all got this camaraderie, and y'all rock like this to make these three albums, and now he moves to Atlanta, which he has every right to do, it could just throw things off. You know, and then if you don't want to come back, be like, okay, you live in Atlanta, but yo, it's time to record. We need you to come back to New York for four months and just stay here. Like, if you're not willing to do that, that small thing can kind of throw the chemistry off what we're used to doing. If you and your wife live together and then all of a sudden she's a traveling person, that long distance after a while could run its course on your marriage, you know, because it's a change, you know? So, yeah, bro, it, it, it's rough out here. It's rough. It's rough. That, um, that's what makes me believe a lot of things are just like, I don't say God's plan, but it 
because of just the timing of it like it's just but for you even when you know we never know what a show like this could do just us connecting and god knows such and such and that you know what i'm saying he just he just happened to know yeah. a basketball agent or something like that like it's just that's why you should always keep working because you never know and just go with your gut and it's, it's just a difficult thing because then how do you tell somebody they're just being like that you got to trust somebody and and you have to be honest with each other you got to be able to tell them like like you said you send them a beat he's like i don't hear that shit when you're honest like that i think that builds the level of, of you know, i could trust this dude whatever he says go I, I'm, I edit a lot of shit right now my man shout out to all ball with uncle ice we just interviewed um tony childs kevin childs brother and I'm just going through everything and like he hits me up and it's different now because I just we're rocking together. So when he every time I call him like, yo, you like this? He's like, yo, bro, I'm gonna like everything you do pretty much. I'll tell you when I don't like something. Just and it gives you confidence. It's like I'm just gonna throw this at you and see what you don't like. I dare you to tell me you no. Know. But that honesty is there, that trust is there. So it's just you just never know. And I just always tell people, yo, keep fucking working. Don't not stop working because you don't know who you're gonna bump into. And who you need You're 100% right And you're right That honesty Every time me and Vague Do an album I send him the cover He'd be like Nah I just ain't it Try again I'm like alright <laughs> You know what I mean But Whatever Whatever we seem like I'd be like Nah man Get that shit out Nah 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 But I'll send Vague Something He'll be like Nah but The pushing My thing My favorite uh, joint is um The joint with you In the subway station mm, Yeah And you was like Nah I want the pictures Of the old album covers Like in the subway mat things like you know what i mean so again i i i'm i'm a lazy album cover maker i'm like yo here let's go you know vague will be like so i'm just saying it is that that honesty of that being able to say nah that ain't it and me be like all right bet let me go back and then again once you see what you end up with you like damn this shit was much better than what i thought then when he says no next time is not like it's nothing it's like oh i know we gotta keep pushing each other to get the best product out there you know what i mean so Nah, I definitely feel on that. Next one I got up, my Sadat X, my brand new yeah. brother, man. One of my favorite MCs ever. You know what I mean? This right here is my favorite album, Black October. A lot of people have not heard this album. Whenever I talk about it, people don't say anything, but it's a lot of joints on here. We got 14 joints on here, really 13. And I really fuck with probably seven to eight hard body. I think, again, it just goes back to the beats with me. You know what I mean? It just goes back to the production being incredible. And to me, this was the perfect album because the out the outro, he actually explains how he got locked up on Rikers Island, which is yep. a crazy story. And I kind of felt like this album would have been that his magnum opus to kind of be like, this is what happened. What, do I, what am I going to rap about? What the fuck just happened? I just got locked up. I just did a bit on Rikers. I'm getting out, trying to get my life together. And there's pieces of that in here. And I love this album. But again, it was just the production. This is one of those out there. I don't think it was too long. It was like 12 joints on there. But again, it's just the production, you know, wasn't um, all the way there for me on that joint. But I definitely got Sadat X. But hey, who you got up next? When did that album come out? Oh, man, you know I can't see it. I believe like 06, 07. Yeah, I missed like, that. Yo, that was my shit, man. I, yo, he was on my list. Sadat X, man, he always had one of those real distinctive voices, man, especially in the 90s. Like a new set, 2006. And um, he's another cat. He's very consistent, man. Sadat X drops an album to this day. He just dropped a, a project uh, Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. He just dropped the project. Huh? He's still consistent, but... These, this joint looks tough, too. Experience. This yeah, joint was a tough yeah, joint. Yeah. This oh, man, joint right man. here. 
Mama, Mama, yeah, that was, uh, that was the first solo joint. Nah, this is the EP. The first one was Wild Cowboys. This was the EP next. Okay, okay, okay. My, um, my OG kid, Carl Roots, got a joint on here called Cock It Back. That's crazy that Roots right. did. But yeah, Sadat got a nice, but it's just, it, it just never, to me, just fits. All I mean, why do you think, like, once again, why do you think people don't gravitate to, to, to that, like? To Sadat? Yeah. I mean, I think Sadat is like Westside. Like, he got that voice. Like, either you're going to like it or you're not. Like, when people say they don't like Westside Gun, I'm like, I can understand because he got a, a weird voice. You know, Sadat has a distinctive flow. Same way with Freeway. I know a lot of people who really don't fuck with Free. They like he cool, but because he's got a... When Free first came out, I wasn't a big Free fan because his flow was so different. It kind of yeah. took me a minute and the voice was different, but I, I fuck with... Same thing with Sadat. When Sadat, when Brand News first came out, I like Pooba, Jamar, and Sadat last. And mm. it probably took me until Punk's jump up for me to really be like, yo, this nigga Sadat voice and his flow like took it took me a minute to get it. But now this dude is my favorite, hands down from Brandon. You know, mm. but I think if you if you don't really fuck with his voice, he he's not making no radio songs. You know, at least Pooba yeah. had, you know, fucking um what goes around comes around again. You know, I like it. You know, Brand New's biggest song was Punk Jump Up to Get Beat Down. So, and I think the average people that are our age, we probably don't even know Sadat X still making music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> like that, you know? So you got people who like, oh, Sadat got more than one album out? Like, I thought it was Wild Cowboys. That album, I really thought that was going to be the five mic classic. So I was kind of let down by that. I just think Sadat is another example of somebody who just needs that executive producer to kind of map it out and say, yo, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the brand newbie breakup. Like, let's talk about jail. Like, I would love to sit down and just really write out a goal list with Sadat X about that Black October and how to map it out and what to talk about it, what producers to get and how we, we build this together. I mean, to me, Large Professor, um, executive producer Omatic. I know it says search, but it was it was Large Pro who said, nah, let me take you over to Mount Vernon and get with Pete. Let me bring you back out here to Q-Tip and let me connect the dots. Because I always said Large Pro could have Brody the Omatic and produced it himself. Like, and I'm sure Nas would have been fine with that. Like, you know what I mean? But he kind of connected the dots. So I just think with Sadat, you just need a person to connect the dots. But again, are you willing to pay that person to connect the dots? Because the, mo the average MC is not going to want to hear, I don't know how to pick me. Because it's like, it's a knock on you. It's like me telling you, yo, you got to work on your left hand hard. You you going to your right all the time. Now, if your goal is to be the best player, you're going to be like, oh, word? Okay, let me try to work on my left a little bit. If you think you the shit already, because niggas been telling you the shit since you've been in the third grade, you may be like, yo, fuck this coach. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So, again, I think it goes back to, you know, the trust factor of what Vague was talking about, that you got to trust that OG in the park who's telling you no, you know, shoot your shot like this, do this routine and do that for you to really start working on it to get better, you know. But that's that's just my two cents. Vay, who you got up next, bro? Uh, up next, I got uh, John Price. Mm. I feel like with John Price, um, like you know, I I love Helter Skelter when you know when they were out. Similar to what you've said in the past, Kill, you know, like Ruck kind of, not Ruck, but Rock was kind of like my favorite because he had the ill voice. Um, he always had some ill bars too, still, uh, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, when boot camp kind of fell off and, you know, I stopped checking for him, 
Um, and I was hearing a lot about Sean Price. And I was like, Sean Price, ain't that Ruck from, you know, Ruck and Rock? And I just remember, like, I wasn't really into it because I just wasn't into hearing that broke his rapper alive shit every five minutes. I was just like, who the fuck proud of being broke? Like, come on, man. But then I think later I, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Because I could hear his humor. And you know me, I, I love comedy just as much as I love hip hop and sports. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Like, you know, it's 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 a part, it's like Eminem, right? It's a it's a part of the character. Um, so when I heard monkey bars, I was like, especially at that time that it came out, because I think even connecting to what we already talked about, I think the difference between when Big and Jay-Z and Nas were doing party records was that there's bars in them party records. That was the difference between some other rappers, right? Like, I mean, I love records like I love the dough, and I know niggas who hate it just because of the beat. And I'm like, yo, the nigga Biggie said, ice project off lights, shit flashes, blind and broke asses, even got rocks in the bed and mustaches. And he didn't say Jesus peace. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. A, a simple nigga just would have said, I got a Jesus piece on with ice with diamonds in it. That's it. But Big described that motherfucker based off of what it does and how you feel about it. So, and this is, I love the dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, hold on, hold on. Yo, I never caught that. I know. I'm like, I just caught that Vegas bird. I'm like, wait, what? That is fucking crazy. It's this is why when right? people go back to Big, I'm like, hold on. Is Jay really better than him? That is crazy. Oh, he's always simple. Yeah, so complex. Big was just right. God bless, bro. That's crazy. That was fuck. That just blew my fucking yeah, mind, bro. Yeah. You know what I thought that part was from? I don't know if y'all remember. Kill probably remembers in Vegas too. You remember that? Um, the Drew. No, it's a jewelry store in Philly. Robin's Eighth and Walnut. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell remember yeah, you had the diamond in his beard? The diamonds in his beard, yeah. Yep. So, that's who I thought Big was like. I thought he was he was referring to that guy. Every time I hear him say that, I, I think of Robin's eighth and walnut, the dude with the, with the freaking diamond in his beard. Diamonds in his beard, yeah. Because for you to see that, you know, you just make total sense with that, though. When you think about the time, what was around Big's neck, the Jesus piece with the ice head, right. right? Within the crown and the beard and all that. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard it, you know, again, this is a, a two-step beat. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, what the fuck he just say? I had to rewind it. Like, yeah. that's crazy. But I gotta go rewind this shit now. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you rewind the shit. You like, oh, okay. And and Jay had some bars in there too, right? You know, same. But Vic, that's a great point right? because that song has bars, and then you look at Hotel with Cassidy, where there are no bars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like no right. bars whatsoever. It's not a that's bar that's found. Right, that's the difference. Uh, but yeah, like with Sean Price, uh, around the time that he was starting to, you know, gain more notoriety as a solo artist, I think those types of party records started to die. It got real simple. Like, you know, like with Mace, it got real simple for the most part. So it was getting cheesy. And when I heard, heard Sean Price, it was like a throwback to why I love the shit with the beats, with how he was rhyming. I didn't give a fuck how many times he said he was gonna slap somebody in thunder and lightning come out there. As I was just like, yeah, I just, this some Brooklyn shit, I just like it. 
um, my favorite album from him is Monkey Bars because I think describing you know what I'm describing about his sound I think that one for the most part is exactly why people like Sean Price from the production to what he's saying and everything I know for some people it, it may be a classic um, but for me I feel like it's not a classic because of the reason why I didn't like it initially right person coming into that album around uh, whatever year that was would feel like you know why is he talking about being broke like why is he bragging about that when everything you hear on the radio is bragging about being rich you know what I'm saying so it's, it's almost like if you're into the other shit it's gonna be difficult for you to even feel Sean Price because you won't understand why he's doing this but what he's doing is what hip-hop is he's being different so I, I feel like I was mad when he turned down the Rockefeller opportunities because I felt like he could be nice over some shit. There was a Rockefeller opportunity. They wanted to sign him, but he didn't, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I was kind of I don't mad. like him and Memphis Bleaker cousins, but I never knew that The Rock was even interested or whatever. Yeah, because he, he was getting all this notoriety. You know what I'm saying? He was hot. And you right. know, Jay-Z and shit, even sometimes Puff, them niggas know when niggas got bars and they're like, yo. But I think he just didn't want to deal with the politics of, you have to make this. I think he was happy making what he made, having a fan base and just that being that. But um, yeah, I don't feel like he has a, a classic. I don't think he got an opportunity to really even make what would be considered his classic, but Monkey Park mm -hmm. was close. Love Sean P. R.I.P. Man, one of the few rappers from the '90s who I always got hype, um, you know, to 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 hear what he was gonna do. And it's almost like Sean P. He reminds me of one of them C's who's just like, "Yo, fuck a beat, just give me whatever. I rhyme over whatever." You know what I mean? Like, so that may be the downfall too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just here to rap. Like, nigga, throw on a beat, all that other shit, trying to make something for the radio, make something for the girls. Like, what you gonna say back? Well, you, you touched on something uh, sort of kind of personal, but it speaks to what you exactly what you just said. Um, Ak, who we know, uh, who was making beats as McLovin Beats, um, he made this like rendition of Brooklyn Zoo for Sean Price, right? Because he knew somebody who knew him and he was shopping him beats. And when I heard it, right, it's, it's similar to Brooklyn Zoo, but different enough and when I heard it, I was like Sean Price is gonna fucking kill that like I was hoping he would pick it up and he just didn't want it right I mean I took it so you go to Vegas World INC kill <laughs> that shit uh, and, and ODB's son was supposed to be on it but I'm not gonna disrespect him and tell the story that true Hollywood <laughs> story I won't tell uh, but right. nevertheless um it was one of those things where I was like, damn, why wouldn't he, like, even on some mixtape shit, just, just take, because I know he would kill it. His voice, if Sean Price does, like, a Brooklyn Zoo now type shit, but, you know, I he was in his own lane. He liked what he liked, so. Yeah. He, he was also uh, one of those rappers who um got, had a second career, you know what I'm saying, because uh, when he came with uh, uh, Monkey Bars, you know, he was, he was kind of on the hiatus a little bit from from uh, Helter Skelter and everything. So when he came with that, it kind of 
you know, gave him a second career uh, to because he inspired yeah. a lot of rappers, uh, you know, you know, from our generation to like, oh shit, like, oh, okay, I see you still, I see you still doing it. And he, and he was nice. Mm -hmm. I think he was nicer at Sean P than he was when he was rough. It was like, when I when I first heard him rhyme, I was like, yo, what, where's all this shit coming from? The dude that said, uh, you beat it and screamed like Michael? I was like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah, we did a show on like um, MCs who had like two personalities. So like, uh, 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 what's, KM, what's KMD? Um, Zeb Love X becoming MF Doom, you know, or Ruck becoming Sean P. So like you said, it's a, uh, it was almost like a second chance in life. And I always wonder if this is what happens when you can go solo. You know what I mean? And you don't have to okay everything with your partner. And I can just rap about whatever I want to rap about. I can reach out with him and all that. You know, he would have yeah. boot camp in his, featured on his shit, but it was still all him. It was like shit he wanted to do, like you said, Kill. Yeah, the thing I always give him and Ghostface props for, because again, nobody would have ever thought in 1994 that Sean P and Ghostface Killer would be the people holding down their respective crews. You know, right. if anything, they'd be one of the last people holding down their crews. You know, ain't nobody alive in 94 talking about, yo, Ghostface still gonna be the shit 12 years from now. <laughs> Niggas right. like, nigga, what the fuck you smoking? Nigga, Ray, <laughs> go. You know, you would have been naming everybody, but right. yeah. Um, God, who you got up next, bro? Man, I was definitely about to go sign Price next. That was a dope ass pick. Uh, rest in peace to, to Pete. Um, I'm gonna have to go with cannabis, man. Uh, mm. Cannabis was like killing everything, you know what I'm saying, for a nice little minute. And I ain't gonna lie, like, can I, can I buzz drop the 98? Some of the uh, albums I mentioned earlier, it took me some maturing and growing up to realize they weren't as dope as I thought they was. No disrespect to this, but I knew that can I buzz it wasn't it, like, when I heard it. Cause like, I'm used to hearing a 4321 verse. The uh the mixtape uh verses and freestyles and shit like that. And um even the single he dropped, uh I honor you, like that was dope. You know what I'm saying? The second round knockout shit. And it's like when I heard it as an album, I'm like, nah, like even at twelve years old, like he was so hard on the mixtape shit, I'm like, mm, this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what the fuck happens, but this ain't it. Like I feel like my favorite project from him. It's uh, 2000 BC, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like that shit, you know what I'm saying? When he dropped 2000 BC, I was fucking with that. But it was like, by the end, that was, it's like, shit. Buzz was gone, I don't even think we was mentioning cannabis no more, you know what I'm saying? I think Eminem had already took that slot by that time, you know what I'm saying? So it was like too little, too late type shit. And that was still a time in the industry to where if you flopped first time out, like they were trying to get you up out of it, it wasn't really no second chances to redeem yourself you know what i'm saying it had to be something magical that happened for an artist at that time to get a second chance and really save their career you know what i'm saying so like he was just killing shit from like 96 to 98 like he was so crazy on a mixtape circuit like just body and everything that he fucking touched and it's like man like when that cannot bust it came out i'm like yeah it, it had a couple joints on that buckingham palace is still my shit to this day but it's like Man, other than that, it may be like one or two other joints, like three being generous. It's like, damn, like that shit. And I think that shit suffered from production. That wasn't really a lone project. The production on that shit just wasn't it. I'm like, damn, man. Like that was a, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful and say a waste of a debut, but it was definitely a missed opportunity 
to capitalize on a debut with so much buzz. But like, yeah, like cannabis, you know what I'm saying? Like definitely a, a one of the craziest what ifs in hip hop. 2000, one day we got get 30 for 30 for him. We need a 30 for 30 on like what happened. Like, you know, he's still Payne. doing it. Like, RJ Payne just had him on some shit, you know what I'm saying, out too long ago. So he's still rapping, he's putting out his own shit. He did that shit the corrupting uh, Chino XL, the, uh, the horseman and shit. So he's still doing it. But that this from the 90s, it, it, like, it's, it's almost like that saying, like, if a tree falls in the wood, does, does it make a noise? Like, it's almost like, is cannabis still rapping? Does anybody even listen? You know, but. I think what Vague was saying, like with Hip Boy and Nas, the right collaboration, him getting with Wyclef. I remember being like, Wyclef? Yeah, like, like why? why? That's the coach you gotta, you ever like your sports team ever hire a coach and you be like, really? That, that's who we really fucking have. I think that's that West that, Indian that's shit. Both of them West Indian, right? That's exactly what that West Indian connection. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was that. Maybe it could have been greed. It could have been like, yo, this nigga Wyclef just did the score. I mean, his name's out there. I mean, it could have been a lot of things. I'm just saying, we picked the wrong coach. I wanted Ty Lue, they hired Glenn Rivers. You know what I mean? And we're at we're at the Sixers. So he just he he hired the wrong executive producer, in my opinion. You know what I mean? To put put that album together, like you said, it's a one shot deal, bro. It, it, it. And again, one thing I always give Snoop credit for: that nigga lived up to the hype. His doggy style was one of the most anticipated albums. Yeah, and he Crazy. delivered with mm-hmm. that album. And also keep in mind, the executive producer, Dr. Dre behind. So again, mm-hmm. it's just a testament that when you got the right coach behind you, when Kobe yep. and Shaq ain't half filled, them niggas was losing to the Utah fucking Jazz. Okay? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, Jackson, these niggas start winning chips. But it's not just Phil Jackson. That's Tex Winter there. You just happen to have Jerry Krause there. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, so, no, and again, I'm saying, we all know the triangle is not just No, no, Phil I'm Boy. saying, I'm, I'm saying with, with, in Snoop's case, like, it's not just Dr. Dre. He got his cut, um, dad. Dog pound. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and DOC's was, in there that coaching him. Yeah, DOC's coaching him. There's so much talent. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say about with cannabis. I remember the cannabis 2000 BC because I was still... Yo, I've been nice since Bob Marley had a fade. That line was fuck. What? How did you even think of that? That that shit was. So he killed so many freestyles that I kill you. Uh, you hit it on the nose. God hit it on the nose. Why the why cleft thing? What was his team looking like? Remember, Jay Z flopped with Volume One. Even though I like so many songs of Volume One, back then Streets is watching brought him back up. Right? He had yep. the right team around him. He had Def Jam behind him. DMX just dropped, so now more money was injected into Def Jam. Cannabis didn't have that. It almost felt like they that the you know LL Cool J was the guy against them. He this is the superstar Def Jam guy. He's LL's the first guy to be be around for for multiple decades. So they had to hold on to LL Cool J. And now the little guys up against him, and he really wasn't there. Jay Z, he wasn't there. DMX, he wasn't going to be the cash cow guy. He still was somehow looked at as a as a as a risk. He had a lot going against him, man. He didn't have the right team around him to protect him. So that sucks. This man. was ninety eight. Who y'all? Who y'all think at that time? The right That's what I'm saying. Who at that time? This is ninety eight. So okay, it probably take a year and some change to make an album at that time. So ninety seven, when he creating Can I Bust? Who at that time? Because that was the same shiny suit era. Big died in ninety seven. 
who do, who do y'all think was not saying there wasn't nobody around, but who do y'all think was popping at that time that would have helped him make Can I Bust what it was supposed to be? I mean, the obvious probably like a premier, but who else though? To be honest, I don't think anybody. You know the reason why I say, oh, here's the thing. I think, of course, somebody could have made a better album than that. But to live up to that hype at that time is just bad timing because everything was the radio at that time. You know, so even OC's Jewel, Jewel's, it's kind of like, you know, I know niggas who hate that shit far from yours. Like niggas like, oh, that's a sellout shit. You know what I mean? So all those underground rappers was in this weird space. Yo, so much shit got shelved from 96 to 2000 because labels didn't know what to do with that shit. You know what I mean? Your large professor's recording his SP 1200 dirty, dusty hip hop album in 95, 96, about to put out 97. Nigga Puffy running the airwaves. Geffen like, I don't know what to do with this old shit. Throw that shit in the vault, tax write-off. So much shit got thrown in the vault, tax write-off. Because we, so to, I don't know if Cannabis would have been able to live up to the hype of what we thought he was going to be. He, of course, could have made a better album. I'm not saying that. But I just don't think anybody, unless he got like Puffy and the Hitman or some shit like that behind him to kind of like, give him some big type beats or something like that because what else at that time pun was out at that time right right pun nori cameron 98 was lit but my thing is like with with nori and cameron specifically what cameron had um what was his singles off uh confessions of fire was horse and horse and carriage confessions yeah, of fire? Horse and carriage. so three five four horse and carriage and i can't remember if he dropped a third single nori had super thug n-o-r-e and I think that was it for his debut. Pun, of course, had still not a player. You came up featuring Nori. Um, X came out. We all know the superstar X was. I do think it was a pocket that could have been carved out for cannabis. I feel like he could have fell in between, somewhere in between, like a Nori and uh, um, not necessarily Pun, but Pun because Pun was so lyrical. So Pun showed you that you could be super fucking lyrical and still make a. I think Capital Punishment is a classic, but still have radio appeal too. So I think he could. I think Cannabis could have fell between Nori and Pun minus a still not a player type joint. You know what I'm saying? Like I think he could have fell somewhere in between there. I just think that I don't know what the fuck other than the the, the West Indian connection would have made him go look at a Wyclef versus like some of the producers who made some of the joints that he was killing the freestyles over, like. I, that shit just really it didn't register me it, even for me as a 12 year old at that time i didn't understand that you going crazy on this shit but you get with this dude and no disrespect to y club i fuck with fujis and shit but what it's he did with the fujis you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different lane it's a different lane vague yeah. what were you gonna say babe? i was gonna say um 2000 bc is when that came out when um when I took over Strictly Hip Hop. And remember, Kill, you, you booked Cannabis for me to interview for that album. And shit, I, remember, I remember, yeah, I, that shit is the, the best and the worst interview I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I was able, originally he wasn't really trying to talk about anything other than 2000 BC. And um, I think because of the questions I asked him, he opened up a little bit. Then he would, you know, then he just went on, you know, he talked about everything, LL, everything. And I I kind of felt like for him, like hearing what y'all say and 
thinking about that time and thinking myself like, could he have done something? And I don't think so because I think his weakness is he was too, his personality was too much of an MC. Pun on how to be a player tells you that Pun will also be in the club. He'll be in the cypher after the club, but he'll also be in the club. Cannabis ain't in the club. If he's dead, nobody thinks because he just want to battle motherfuckers that's dancing with chicks. Like, and that's not disrespected to him. It's just his voice. That's, it. that's who he is. He's an MC. Right. His voice, his cadence. It's hard to try to make that dude have one, you know, hit record single right. that's for a party. Because the minute he started rapping, the chicks, like my wife loved hip hop. She loved bars and all that shit, but if that nigga start rapping like that, we like, <laughs> man, it must be virgins in this motherfucker. Let me get he out. wasn't making no, uh, he wasn't making no you all I need, but I think that I honor right. you shit. If he would have had like a, a big name R&B songstress on it instead of whoever that was, right. I think that shit would have went much further. If he could have got like a Lauren Hill on I honor you to sing that hook right. versus whoever the unknown young lady was, much respect to her, dope voice, but I think that was that was his best shot at like a single. You know what I'm saying? Or that magnitude. Second round knockout deal with a deal because of the controversy surrounding it in the beef with LL. But that I honor you shit, I feel like that shit could have been stronger and pushed them a little further at least. If they just would have, you know what I'm saying, got a, a popular, you know, R&B singer to do that hook. Because it was a dope song. Like, he put that together. And I think that would have been his lane as far as like trying to make something appealing. I don't think he would have uh, succeeded in trying to make no club shit. You just knew that wasn't who he was. You know what I'm saying? But in that lane or something like that, like, I think he could have succeeded with something like that. I just, that, that's a crazy ass parent. Well, really, like you said, right? Like, if he's with, if he's with Y-Class because of the Caribbean connection, it's kind of like Sean, right? Do bad boy. Get Barrington Levy on that joint. That right. would have out your lane easily. You could have remained. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And not too many people would have said shit about it being the culture because people fuck with dance hall. And right. that could have your party record, right? Because then when the dance hall come in the party, they playing your shit, you know, before it or during it or whatever. But I I don't know what the fuck they would think with that album. Hey, like, what about Rockwild? Ain't Rockwild or West Indian? And didn't he do Blackout for Red MF in 98? See, here's the problem that we going to. Now we gotta get nationality. See, that's the problem. If we only pick a nigga like, <laughs> like yeah, hey, you for no, the I'm just saying. I'm just saying if that's no, what no, you're no, going I feel what you said, but now we like, okay, who 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 from Caribbean? <laughs> like, I think at the end of the day, and Fabian, I want to get to you too. I think at the end of the day, bro, during those times it was so hard because when you talk about Nori, you're talking about Trackmasters, and you're talking about a young Pharrell that gave them they smashes, and then after that popped off with Pharrell, then it was just super thug for the rest of you know that that was it so it was so many small pockets of producers who were really popping still at that time like that you know what i mean so it's funny when you brought those people up and i think with pun the great thing was fun he he reminds me of a big he's able to make i'm still not a player and that being fun you know what i mean he he looks like a comical dude like pun just looked like one of them dudes you just want to hang around like yo i want to hang out with pun you know, so the personality too. So it's not just about you being a lyrical slaughterhouse. Do you even have the personality to go with it? And to me, pun 
like a biggie big we say big fat ugly as ever but women love them people love big you know what i mean whereas i don't know if with cannabis like vague said he just in the party to just see who want to start a cypher like you know when them bars come in 24 hours i don't know Fabian, what are you gonna say bro nah i i again i love what you guys are saying because it goes back to the team and the barrington levy thing would have been just amazing because now it makes whatever you're doing like your job as a team as an a and all whatever it is the production side is to make sure to like complement the artist and that's what i was going to say about um albums also like to me a classic album is always going to be how does the tone what is the tone of the album like michael Bradley to me is a classic i think that's pox classic like all eyes on me to me is not a classic because half the album to me is whack and i love like tupac is my favorite rapper but it didn't do what Machiavelli did. Machiavelli has a tone from beginning to end. It's very dark, doesn't change, it's unapologetic. What was, cannabis was apologetic. That was his problem. You shouldn't apologize to L. Cool J. Like that, that, remember they played the apology on the mixtape. He should have never apologized to L. Nah, you are a battle rapper, that's who you are. And then to have a, bar a Barrington Levy, that shit would have echoed the tonality, like the tonality of, of a cannabis. Like you need the seriousness behind this guy who takes rap who takes everything too seriously apparently pun didn't a lot of these guys cameron at the time like we just mentioned earlier nori big punk big they didn't take themselves seriously at all like they was and that's what made it fun yeah yeah, yeah. i can't call that man but that's a good call fabian who's next i mean were you next god you just went right yeah yeah i'm gonna say uh going too much with, with Harlem. I think I've been, I've been in Harlem too much lately, but I was going to say Jim, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jones with um with the last album, the El Capo joint. Oh, I was... Man, I love that. Oh, my God. That's a classic to me, but I know I'm the only nigga in the world. I, again, just to, me, it's, to me, it's a personal classic. I've never heard anybody else say El Capo was a classic in my life, but Jim Jones and Arsonist from the Heatmakers, man, that's like Pete and CL to me, man. Them two just, just go together perfectly. Oh, his best work to me. Yeah, it's easily his best work. It's easily his best work. Well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of dudes. I was like, yo, did this nigga go to rap school, or does this nigga have a go <laughs> Like, this right. nigga went from like my least favorite from the Diplomats to like my favorite. Yeah, with that album. Yeah. Going back to what you said about Ghostface holding down Wu Tang twelve years later, Jim Jones is holding down Dipset oh, twenty yeah. years later, whatever it is. That's never That's told true. me that at all, and and um. Yeah, I just a lot of people like the Diary of a Summer from him. And I, like the Uptown Dude, swear that shit is a, a classic. I'm like, this, no, it's not. But it's a couple thing again. It's very dark, and I think God bless the dead. Fred the Godson was ghostwriting on Fred's verse on that. <laughs> yeah, and Fred, no. I, I would think he, would, yeah, and wow. I would think he was ghostwriting on it. But it's just again the delivery. Um, it fits his image too. Like, he's very. You hear him speak a lot He's, he tends to speak to spirituality in a dark sense um and just the the skull on the on the album cover set the tone for it and like you said like the arsonist yeah yeah it's a lot it's just very dark he is spitting but it's more just jim to hear him on the original freestyle if i'm not mistaken the first time i heard him rap was on uh the the dynasty album intro cam has a crazy classic verse freestyle on that on that beat jim jones on there just sounds crazy you would never believe that dude was ever, ever going to be able to make 
a good song, let alone a really good album that I would enjoy. So that one, it's missing a couple again, probably too long, but it's definitely. I wouldn't mind like Kill just said it's a classic. I I don't mind you saying it's a classic. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's what Jim Jones is a good point. Gnu, who you got up? Yeah, um, another guy on my list. I definitely had Sean Peebles on my list. I definitely had Sadat X on my list too, man. Um, but um, Rock Marciano. Hmm. Um, first time, first time that I heard him was on um, uh, Busta Rhymes album with uh, that song that called "The Heist," I believe, with Ray and Ghost. The Heist. Yeah. Yep. And um, since then, like you know. He's uh, he was in flip mode too, you know what I'm saying? But uh, right now he's like uh, he's doing the producer thing. He's doing the uh, he's still rhyming. He's doing a uh, producing for other people and himself. But um, even though he has a lot of he got a lot of like albums out there, and on each of his albums there are like you know I, I, I fuck with a lot of his songs, but I still feel like Rob Marciano is still yet to put out like a real uh, classic. Like five micer album, you know what I'm saying? Um, he also he also set off the whole. Um, I believe he was one of the first producers that was that wasn't using drums. Yeah, uh, he was in the beats, and then Griselda like kind of just took that and just ran with it. Yeah. But I think he's one of the first guys that that kind of originated that sound. So I always uh, you know credit him for that. I think he's a he's a dope producer he, and and a dope MC. He's not the guy that. You're gonna put in this album and like your average cat that likes like Jada Kiss is gonna be like, yo, they're not they're not really because I played him around around uh around cats and like yo what who is the what, what the fuck is this type shit right but I rock with him but I just feel like he just he just don't have that real hard now the last album that he put out with Alchemist uh Elephant Man Bones a lot of those tracks do have drums and I think that's probably his best work but um I think he still has. He got He got. He got some more time before he drops another. Drops a classic, real. You know what I mean? I like his joint before that better than Elephant Man's Bones. Uh, damn, what the fuck is it? The shit with uh, Richard. Yeah, Marcia Lago. Like, I just saw him at uh. Yeah, I just saw him in Chicago like a couple. What was that last week? You know what I'm saying? He just performed with uh Bodie James and shit. But okay, the news said something that made me that made me think. Just like with Planet Asia and Rock, you know, they kind of like same shit, underground, modern day underground. How, what's y'all take on modern day underground and classics? Do y'all think it's been any recent classics in modern day underground? Do you, is that even a term that you would throw on some of these projects in the modern day underground? Because the way I look at it, even though I'm in it, the way I look at it, like... I think motherfuckers got their niche and they just stick to that. And it's not really a lot of diversity as far as modern day underground. So do y'all think it's possible for dudes to like make classics today? And do you think there are any modern day? And when I say modern day, I mean like Rock Marciano, Griselda, uh, Bodie James, Rome Streets, like whoever fit in that that, that category. Do y'all, how y'all feel about classics in the modern day underground? I think you could do it. I mean, Rejects 2 is a classic to me. I, I don't know if uh, you would consider Freddie Gibbs underground, but... Oh, that shit. I don't, think that, I don't think that project is underground. I don't think that project is underground. That's I mean, my I album of the year, the year, though. Soul, Soul, Separately. That's my album of the year. Like, I think it's doable. I mean, I like Rejects 2. Um, 
I mean, it's a good question. I, I think you can. I think it's just like you said, people. Oh, shit. I, y'all know how I feel about this shit right here. Oh, you know, stove. Oh, I forgot yeah. about stove. I forgot about that's stove. That's the classic album. That's the classic album, B. Produced so by I Rock. think you can. I, I think the thing is, man, is that I don't know if that's what these artists are shooting for. Like Conway says something once. He says something like, yo, we make 500000 every time we drop an album just off merch. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so right, right. a lot of times I feel like they're just putting out music, just to put out music. Like, especially with Griselda. I used to be the biggest Griselda fan in the world. You know what I mean? Now I'm kind of like, yo, can y'all just chill the fuck out? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Conway dropping five out a year. Like, I'm like, nigga, just go live life for a year. Just go live for a year and come back and write about that. So I don't even think it's in their mindset. And it may be through the streaming shit. It may be from however the money comes in. But I don't think a lot of these underground rappers are really thinking, let me really sit down and make a classic. Like, I think they're like, let's just put shit out. Let's, let's just keep flooding the streets. You know, almost like how Stringer said, yo, we, we, we love, yo, it don't matter. Just step on that shit. Like, niggas ain't really even concerned with making the best crack to get these niggas hot. It's like, just get something to just keep keep the money coming in. You know what I mean? And I feel that because it ain't no budget. None of that. It's all off the muscle, all independent grind. So I feel what you're saying, and I think that's that speaks to the amount of uh, of music that come out as far as underground too. It's always some shit dropping, and even individual artists is dropping all the time. So I think when this is your livelihood, and the, you ain't you might not be making as much money off the music, but the merch and the shows is how you eat. You gotta keep the fucking work coming So it ain't really no time to be sitting down Trying to craft my best shit I kind of feel it And I, I would agree with that But yeah, I'm on some different shit We gonna say back? Um, I was gonna say I don't I don't think that it has been a, a classic I think Stove God is probably close um, or, or maybe Tana Talk 3 um, I think from Yeah, yeah I forgot about that one too Thing yep. 2 or God is somewhat slept on in a lot of ways uh, probably because of when it came out came out in the middle of the pandemic basically um, but for for all the reasons you you said you know they they're kind of their focus is elsewhere you know what I'm saying and I, I think in a lot of ways um, they produce so much music that a lot of what we consider classics we, we had time in between projects to really sit with those Regardless of whatever else is coming out, we know Kendrick's not coming out with another album two weeks or a month from now. So we have right. time to sit with that album. And I feel like on the underground scene, they pump out so many different projects. So much. Yeah, that you kind of pick and choose what, what works with you. That's why I like Freddie Gibbs so much, because I feel like he's really consistent. Like, it's yeah. scary how consistent he is. And how varied in his music. Because I love Benny. Like, mm-hmm. is Benny gonna be just a verse on some shit? I'm, I like it, and I even I don't even know the shit really. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I feel like with him, there's also a little bit of disappointment in me as a fan because I'm like, damn, you should be bigger than what you are. Like, you're known, you're big, but for some reason, you, you're supposed to be a little bit more special than that. And I think he already feels like he is, right? He already made it. Um, so I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, the the under it's kind of like you ad- we adapted, right? Like as hip hop fans from the from other times, different generations, 
we sort of adapted to the shit we like. Um, but I've said numerous times on um, on Twitter that I think why I'm so excited for or at least anticipating a Stove God joint is because he doesn't have another project. I've right. been listening to this one to death and he keep giving us verses. I hope that shit don't backfire. But I kind of feel like Damn, I, I want to hear from him. Like I haven't heard right. from him by himself in a full project in a while, and he may have the potential of, of making a classic. But I think for me, Rock Marcy made that out. Cause you remember Kill on your show? I was like, when y'all niggas was like, "Yo, Stove God," I was like, "The nigga name is Stove God." Like, <laughs> bro, I, I didn't, didn't, like, didn't want to listen to it based on the album cover. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to it based off the album cover. My man yeah, Yo hit me up was like, yo, you need to listen. I'm like, this fucking Photoshop album cover? I ain't listening to that shit, man. All right, so yeah. one last question. One last question. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, keep throwing shit out there off topic, but. Nah, nah, nah. We, it's we triggering shit. Do you think the classic as we know it is dead as far as this certain space, as far as the underground? With everything we said, is the classic as we once knew it dead? I think so. I think I think the last classic is is for me, is Kendrick Lamar's first album or whatever. Um, Good Kid, Man City. Me personally, I, I'm very harsh about this. Like that's right, yeah, just in an underground space. Yeah. Right, right, but, but I think I think because the heavy hitters are not focusing on that, why should the guys? What are the underground guys or anybody else gonna look up to try to try to compete with? And even back then, you had to make a hook. Like I don't remember any real Griselda hooks. And that's what I always thought they were missing, cause they have the voice, they have the look, they have everything. Like people said, were offended that they were on the same level as the locks. I'm like, I don't know why you're offended by that, cause they kind of rip everything. They just the locks have puff, and they he taught them the hooks, he taught them presentation. You saw Jada Kiss stage presence and and the verses thing. I don't know if Griselda had that part of it, and you know, and that Buffalo movement, they spearheaded that. So I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the top tier guys, like what is Drake is the biggest rap, biggest rap artist. What is his classic album? You know what I mean? Like, and you're the you top dude. My lips, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? You're the top dude. So what are we really competing against? All right, so we won't make shit either. We're just gonna make the internet mixtape thing, and if it works, it makes money. Like you said, Kill. They're bringing home the bacon. So why should they change? Man, that's. Fucked up. <laughs> but, see, but see, to me, here's the thing, bro. Crazy, here's the thing, man. man. It, it, it all goes back to your goal. Whenever I'm working with an artist or working with my kids or working with anybody, a marriage, I'm co I'm coaching, what is your goal? You know what I mean? Your goal may just be to make money. Nigga, fucking classic. I don't need a classic. I just want to keep, I just don't want to have a job and I just want to rap. There's somebody out there who says, nah, my job is to make a classic out. Okay, well then we gotta come up. Fabian, great um, call with the um, courses with Griselda. I can't name you too many Griselda songs because they don't have good courses. Rubber Bands and Weight may be the greatest chorus in Griselda history because yeah, it's like, yo, the, no, I can't even remember album names. I'm like, is this Hitler yeah. 8 or Hitler 9? I can't remember. Like, So again, the, the, the your chorus piece is so, you wouldn't know rubber bands and weight if that wasn't the chorus. You know what I mean? And like you said, that's what Griselda's missing. So I just think it's all just about what is your goal? 
You know what I'm saying? And that's what people really got to sit down and think about. I tell people this analogy all the time. I do this from teens to adults, everything. Life is a GPS. But when you go to your GPS, the first thing you have to do is put in where you want to go. And you have to be specific. I can't just put in my GPS, I want to go to the mall. I got to put in, I want to go to Tyson's Corner and fucking Virginia. You know, the next thing it's going to do is ask me, where are you at right now? That's where most people have a problem. Because you have to be honest with yourself. You know, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm not a great hook writer. I'm not a good person doing this. I'm not a good person doing that. Once you get to where you want to go and where you're currently at, then the GPS starts to give you directions. Because the GPS is going to say, you want to go to Tyson's Corner? Okay, kill. Where you at? Your current location? Boom. That's when the steps start coming. Most people don't know where they're at because you got to be honest with yourself, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your work, whether it's just who you are as an individual, how you want to get here. You have to be honest with yourself. And like me at my job, I was like, man, I'm lazy as shit. Ask me to work weekends. I'm like, fuck, man, I ain't working the weekends. But the goal was to get a raise. I work weekends. You know what I mean? Like I had to, to change my mentality to start moving up the GPS route. So it's always just about what's your goal. So if you are underground rapper and you say, yo, kill my goal is to just make money, then I'm not going to, I'm going to give you different directions for that. You know, I know nobody fucks with Will Smith. Very great book. He said that his manager said, what is your goal? This is right around the Fresh Prince. He said, I want to be the biggest movie star in the world. His manager then. Now keep in mind, this is just Will Smith off the Fresh Prince. Like he ain't even superstar Will Smith yet. His manager said, you want to be the biggest star in the world? Bet. They got it. They got a, uh, a script in. It's going to pay him like a million. Will was like, so we taking that, right? He said, nah. What you mean we ain't taking that? That ain't lining up with the plan. You told me you want to be the biggest star in the world. That script ain't going to help you be the biggest star in the world. Then that other script came in that whatever that first movie was where I think he was gay or something, Six Degrees or some shit came in and it wasn't even paying a million. And he said, this the one we doing. And Will was like, yo, that shit only pay like a quarter. Nigga, I'm going based off of what you said you wanted to do. So that to me is how your team has to be around you. You have to have somebody around you who's saying, what do you want to do? Because if you want to do that, then I'll give you directions that way. If you want to go this way, I'll give you directions that way. So it's just really about what these underground artists want to do. If So many people are just following Griselda because that's where the underground money train is. So right, I'm not right. using no drums. Don't give a fuck about a hook. I'm only doing two verses. Shit, you may be lucky if you get two. I may just give you one long ass one. You know what I mean? So again, it's just, it's what I ask whether it's a marriage, one of my teens, anybody who I'm talking with, what is your goal? I can't tell you shit until you give me your goal. And I can't tell you shit until you tell me where you at right now. What are you going to say, babe? One one last thing, because um, I think we, you know, we, to, to God's point and question, I think we look to Griselda because they kind of made it popular, right? They made the underground, you know, in a lot of ways, they put a spotlight on it. But I think with them it's difficult because they're still vying for acceptance, right? Like why at this, in, in a lot of ways, it's acceptance locally, right? Because, you know, Conway's still crying about the, the boroughs. And what's weird about that is you know, I don't think he'll ever understand how New York City operates, right? We're competitive with each other. We don't care if you're up there and the shit say New York on it. To us, you're not. You're not us. But they get a lot of respect from New York rappers, right? I'm a big fan of them shit. And I think that should be enough. But for them, it's like they always chasing 
you know, the, the glory days, you know, 97 hold and what Prodigy was and what Nas was and blah, blah, blah in 2022. And I'm not going to lie, when I've heard like Conway over a trap beat or even Benny, whether it was one, I'm like, shit, do, do a couple more of those because, I mean, that might get you to a, a bigger spotlight and then maybe the shit that you do that we love kind of becomes, you know, a little bit more normalized like it used to be. Um, so I think for them, it's it's tough to make a classic because they're not always focused and they're always looking, I guess it's because of the, you know, the age we live in, right? Where everybody can react to what you uh, create and you get to see it, right? You don't see one of nigga buy your CD at a store in the 90s and throw that shit in the garbage right after he listened to it. You never see it because that nigga ain't going and tweeting about it or filming it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just a different game. And, you know, I would hope. But, you know, when you look at hip hop coming up on 50 years and you compare it to jazz, to rock, um, all these genres had their beginnings where it was like huddled down and this is the core fan base and this, this is what's dope. And it got watered down and taken over. And now you got to search for, you know, that hardcore jazz, little standards and shit. So it's it's difficult to say because you, you're kind of balancing two. And Griselda is more concerned with, uh, you know, how they look amongst New York, more so to me, than they do, uh, you know, how they look standing next to somebody like a Kendrick. So I, I just want to ask... Um, what is um you know in, in today's world what what defines a classic album today like are we still are we still looking at beats are we still looking at lyrics are we still looking at hooks like what 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 in today's world what what defines a, a, a classic album i think the same rules would apply because it's still rap it's still hip-hop so i think the same rules would apply i understand it's a much different time that's why i pose the question because i just think it's such a different time. I don't think you grade classics differently. I just feel like it's so fucking microwavable. It ain't really an opportunity to like get a classic. And that's that's why I threw my hat like ingesting shit because it's kind of like I'm the motherfucker chasing it. You know, I'm chasing history. Like I might be the fucking Lucian Price, rest in peace, because I might just be the brokest motherfucker you ever heard. Because it's like I don't give a fuck about the other side. Like I want history. You know what I'm saying? And I know more times than not money comes with history so i ain't really stressing that shit i would like to be able to provide for my family off this shit right now but that ain't what it is but my thing is i'm hardwired this way you know what i'm saying like i i, I studied the goats you know what i'm saying and that's all of them have multiple classics under their belt you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like i'm chasing history that's my end game like i don't give a fuck about who accept my shit and who don't like when I, i'm 36 when i came back into this shit i already knew i was gonna have to think a certain type of way if i wanted to mentally be able to stay afloat and stay on course and finish out the mission you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like it's fucked up. I agree with y'all saying, but it's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Looking at it from an artist's perspective, that's hurting the artist side of it. Cause it's like, damn, like I'm chasing history. Like that shit don't even mean nothing no more. Five mics was everything when I was a shorty. You know, nobody even fuck about that shit no more. But here's you know what I'm saying? Part, so it's kind of like the other niggas. But here's a good part: leave the lane open for you because other niggas don't was give gonna a fuck get about that. that. Like that's that. the thing. Yep. Like nigga, yep. don't absolutely. Kid. Like that's so the I thing. So I go harder and I mash out. Yeah. 
the I, me, niggas is always sending me they shit like and i'm like yo this is cool but like i'm always like why should i listen to you everybody raps so you gotta think, do something different you gotta give me like is there is there like vague i'll never forget um kel spence when he was just late he came to 889 he's like yo i got this joint called club visions i was like where he was like i was like i he was like yo it's about me trying to get in the industry but i'm using the analogy as the a and r's of the bouncers at the club and me trying to get in and i said oh shit i'm playing that shit i ain't hear it never heard, but that concept that that's enough because I'm like everybody raps everybody fucking raps my mid T who I've known since he was 12 years old got my motherfucking car today was like I rap I'm like nigga <laughs> you 24 now I've known you for 12 years now you rap everybody raps you know so I'm like you got to do something even when I did my through the wire beat tape it was like everybody's doing a beat tape I gotta do something different okay I'm gonna mix it with the wire with my beats and then that's what helped get that thing off like you gotta have something that's gonna get somebody who's like yo I, I don't know you why should I listen to your shit so whenever I'm doing something I'm always thinking okay would I listen to this shit? The reason I started a video podcast and not an audio podcast is because I don't like audio podcasts. So I wouldn't even listen to my own shit. So the first thing I had to say was I need to do a video podcast because that's the only way that I would look at some shit. So, but I don't think a lot of people take the time because bro, that's a whole nother part of your brain that you got to use. So we love the fact that half the MCs are like, yo, this is dope. I'm indie. I don't got no label. And the problem is you indie and you ain't got no motherfucking label. That's the problem. Because after Gang Star got finished doing an album, they said, here you go, and gave it to the marketing department. And then they did their magic. And then the radio people called me in Vegas up and say, hey, Vegas, kill, what's up? We need y'all to play these records. And you had a team. Now that you're indie, just because you a dope rapper don't mean that you are a dope promo person. It don't mean you a dope. You saw that Wu-Tang joint, how they was calling the radio station, like, yo, play our shit. And Ghost Girl had to be like, yo, chill the fuck out. Like, yo, let me call for it. Like, that's the thing. Now you need that team behind you. And I don't think a lot of MCs really have that team, want to put that team together and things like that. So, I mean, I think it's it's, it's bad. But what would Jay say on that Drake song? You know, the homie said, it's not many of us. I told him less is more, homie. There's plenty of us. You know what I mean? So I look at it from that aspect. Like, yo, that's dope mm. that, is, that y'all just worried about that. Good. Get the fuck out of my way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you on 95, everybody stopping at the rest stop. Good, nigga. I'm straight. Now I can open the car up out here on 95. I'm by myself out here. So that, that's oh how soul. I look at it. But I mean, I just think again, bro. A lot, And then a lot of these younger news niggas don't know how to make a class. You know, I've been in the studio with people who don't even care about the track listing. I've seen MC just say, yo, just put them shits in whatever order. We just put them in the order we recorded them. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So again, and for them, they don't know about like, no, bro, you got to start the album off good. And then I want to end it good. And you got to get something in the middle. We, You know, it's like a movie. And they're like, man, just put that shit. What what, what we going to call this song? That's another thing with Griselda. Them niggas name a song anything. They name a song Subway Train. Yeah. Like, don't got shit to do with a Subway Train. <laughs> like, just, you know, just whatever whatever you wear. And then why, what, what we gonna call it? NY96. Like, like, nigga, like, y'all don't even put no thought into the title of the song. You know what I mean? So again, when you make music like that, again, it's literally just to put something out versus it being, let me really sit here and crack. God, the video you did with the straight jacket, that may have been the most innovative video I've seen fucking years from indie artists to signed artists. You know, who's taking the time to really think about a video concept anymore? 
We gonna get the video camera. We gonna post up outside the bodega. Everybody got their guns, got their money. Give me some weed. Let's go. Video shot. You know, video done. So niggas ain't even taking the time to even put together like, yo, here's a video treatment. What? The treatment. We in front of the store. Like, there's the treatment. You know what I mean? So. Uh, again, I shot this video for my man Driz, and I was I had this idea for a script for a hitman who's a hitman, but he really wants to be a rapper. So I started writing the script, and Driz needed uh, a video shot. I said, "Dog, get you and Randy, put on some black suits. We gonna drive down here and shot the whole video at a, at this um, abandoned hotel. I thought it was abandoned. People really lived there, but we shot at an abandoned hotel, and it's like about two hitmen going to go kill somebody, and they about to kill him. And then I call him on the phone. He like, "Yo, hold on, before we kill this nigga, I got." do these rhymes for kill and then he spit the rhymes and then we hang up and he go back to kill the nigga it's like like that's where my mind is still at like let's make a video with a concept like where most people right, just like right. no, let's just post up in front of the store sorry Faye what are you gonna say I, you covered a lot um, but I think it starts with even with something like this this is the easiest part to con- you know create creating anything is this part right here just the content creator part is, I don't think that's the hardest thing for an artist, um, and the like. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm editing stuff, so when I edit, that's the hard part. And then on top of that, the marketing is like kills good at telling me that. And my man, um, all ball. They, if you start off with that one fan, you know, you start off with nobody. So once you find that one fan, you gotta keep going back to them because that's the guy or the girl that heard you. So now you gotta like build from that and work with them because that's really like your A&R now like what did you like about me what don't you like about me all right you know you don't want to question yourself but something got to be built from there and to find your niche I think that's what it is now I think everybody got a niche I think sometimes we think of the world as as way smaller than what it is because you never know like with this YouTube shit I asked somebody from Argentina to hitting us up in the comments on my other channel put it in perspective about our, what we did with Nas He's like, yo, I don't, I don't even understand English. I'm just translating everything. So I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So it's just about doing it. And then sometimes, you know, you can go in there blind and it feels like you're lost. So you got to find that one fan and you build from there. And it's not easy, bro, because I'm telling you with this content creator shit is it, like right now. I got to speak to y'all off mic about what it is for me right now. What's stopping me, but it's always going to be something. But I'm trying to find a way in the game where if it's editing i'm backstage now so all right cool i can still build off this and make connections like i just i met kill through twitter literally this is sick i'm meeting y'all through this this is sick to me we live i always tell people this is the best and the worst era because you go online you think it's the end of the world you think everything is, is under destruction but at the same time we're online right now total strangers amazing it's about how and that's why i try to teach my team Y'all niggas have superpowers. Just use that shit for good. <laughs> you know, stop using it for evil and use the shit for good. You know, that's the beautiful thing about Twitter. You can meet if I'm using this just to connect with people. You know what I mean? God sent me his shit one day. And I listened. I was like, yo, this shit crazy. I, I called Portionetti immediately like, yo, we got to push this nigga shit. This shit crazy. You know what I mean? So again, but you got to look at people's hearts. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody else would be like, yo, I ain't produce shit for this nigga. I ain't pushing that nigga shit. But my goal is just to keep hip hop moving forward. I don't give a fuck if I produce for God ever. I'm always pushing shit. You know what I mean? So again, 
what's your goal? You know, what was the goal of Apartment 5B? I want to educate things. I want somebody who's young to be able to learn. I want somebody old to be able to reminisce. That's why there ain't really no arguments. You don't, if you want drama, this is the wrong show for you. We born as shit. <laughs> like, like, there ain't gonna be no kill, slap Porsche, and fucking Eddie call burning dickhead. Like, we don't do that shit. So it's like, if that's what you want, I'm sure it's something out there for you. But the goal is, I want this to be some place where when people talk about the old heads don't pass knowledge on, you pass knowledge on. Y'all know how much shit? I, I love it because I learn shit new, new shit every week. So I know there ain't no way nigga watching this can't say he learned new shit. I had no idea there was two cameras. Now I got to go back and listen to a fucking album from fucking 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So again, I think that that's the thing. It's just, you know, how we use it. But again, I, I think it just comes down to the goal. So guy, like you said, you want to make timeless music. If you want to make timeless music. And then it's also the, the fans because we accept everything now. We accept anything. You know what I mean? How the fuck are y'all just accepting niggas rhyming over no drums? I don't understand that shit. That's like, if y'all remember, I don't know if it was like this everywhere when Popeye's chicken sandwich was popping. Them niggas actually said, yo, we don't have no bread. You can bring bread and we'll give you a chicken sandwich, but we still gonna charge you full price. Nigga, how the fuck you gonna charge me full price for a beat and there ain't no goddamn drums? That's a fucking, that's a fucking Big Mac with no meat, nigga. And if niggas dumb enough to say, okay, I can't be mad at the producers for not wanting to put no drums on. You know, like, I don't blame the barbers who be putting fake beards on niggas. I blame the niggas who pay $150 to get a fake fucking beard. So don't get mad at the barber. Get mad at the nigga who want a $150 fake beard. So, again, if you just going to accept drumless hip-hop, 20, 10 years ago, niggas wouldn't even do that shit. I was trying to give niggas drumless beats just on some shit like, yo, we going to put an EP out for free. I don't feel like looking for no drums. I'm going to just loop some shit up. And niggas like, yo, I ain't rhyming over no motherfucking shit with no drums. Man, stop being lazy. Now everybody want... I've had niggas tell me, kill, can you take the drums out? Oh, shit. Yeah. I had an MC tell me the other day. He was like, yo, I like the drum, no drums, because it gives me more time to breathe. Oh, wow. Okay. So Kane and Rakim and Nas and Jay and all these niggas just weren't breathing. They couldn't. But again, I don't understand that. <laughs> if but here's the thing: if you a young boy, that may be what you that that's what it is right now. You know what I mean? So it's like whatever the fad is, that's what they follow. So again, you talking about classics? Yo, let's go on Twitter right now and ask his Rome Streets new album of classic. Bet you that shit get more people saying yay than that. I'm just thinking you saying that and met the man breathing on was part of his whole the breath control. My, you know what I'm saying like he, he I can hear him breathing while he's rapping. That's how he breathed was. That like was, was part of the like, It's crazy. Yeah, but it's like that. That's the mystique. But again, it's about you. Com most people compete based off of what they what's happening right now. So the same way that a Ben Simmons may have been the shit back in 94 when the point guards ain't have to score 30 points and wasn't shooting fucking 53s a game. But in today's game, it's not working. And it's similar with hip hop. You know what I mean? Like some people, some fans don't want to hear the traditional hip hop that we grew up on. They don't want to hear the bar. They don't need the rewind factor. You know what I mean? They just they just want to hear a, a dopey. I mean, again, bro, it. it it, it just goes back to gold But you're right It is sad Because when Tantal 3 came out I said yo I'm gonna give it four and a half Nigga got at me on Twitter Like yo Kim Y'all thought you fucked with Griselda I was like I love him He was like well, Why didn't you give it a five I was like Because I think it's four and a half And he was like Well if you fuck with Griselda You give it a five And see That's the mentality 
that people have now. That if you really run, if you really fuck with somebody, you would give it five. Because my young boy schooled me, he said, OG, you either it's either five mics or it's trash. Ain't nothing in between. So when you say somebody's album is good, these young niggas just take it as you calling it trash. And that's the thing. Back in the day, four Mike, I mean, a good album. I, I, if, if somebody tell me me a vague album is four mics, I'm happy with it. Damn, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Nowadays, somebody tell you it's four mics, you're like, man, fuck you, nigga. It ain't five. We didn't get the fuck out of my face. I'm like, God damn. Like, yeah, yo, four mics was a classic a, back in the day. They had yo, to four mics was solid. You know what I mean? But again, that's just how the game has changed. So the fans have changed. The artists have changed. So like, for God, he knows what his goal is. So he moves accordingly to that goal. To me, that's why Nas is able to make such amazing music right now because he's free. This nigga's fucking rich. Like I said, if everybody in this room could say, yo, my family is good and my child's generation is going to be good, think of how much shit we'd be able to do. Whatever is your hobby, you could just focus 100% on that hobby and do it with joy. And with Nas, he's an MC. So now I don't have a label telling me what type of music to make. I can make music whatever I want to make. I don't have to make music wondering and hoping is it going to sell so I can put my daughter through college or I can pay this child support. Yo, when you are financially free, bro, you are just able to just relax. That's what I love about that song, Reminisce. When he be like, I don't like the Reminisce because the way we live right now is really lit. Like, yo, I don't want to talk about fucking living in Queensbridge. Motherfucker, I'm about to go fly to Paris and bounce back to Dubai and buy two new houses. Nigga, I don't want to talk about Queensbridge. Let's talk about now. But how many niggas right now is living like that good? You know, and it's that financial freedom. So like God said, he's in a place where, yo, I don't need this hip hop to pay my bills. I would love for it to pay my bills, but I don't need it. Now, if he, you know, God forbid, if something happened and an MC loses job and this is all you got, now you got to think differently towards your music. You got to think differently towards your art. Fuck music if you was an artist. Maybe you like painting abstract shit. You lost your gig. Your daughter's in college. Rent's due. You may have to paint some bullshit just to try to sell. You know, but again, if you're financially free, you can just do whatever you want. And like you said, Fabian, just keep working. Just keep working. Just keep working. And that's the part that a lot of MCs and a lot of people, individuals don't get. Just keep working. Because once you put that down, I told the story a million times. Me and they planted grass. She was pissed because we did all this work and it was just that. She's like, nigga, where the grass? I'm like, no, you got to water the grass. Da, 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 da. She's like, what happens if we don't water the grass, daddy? I said, all the work we just put in eight hours tearing that yard up was for nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you stop rapping now, all that rapping you did for the past 10 years was for nothing. Right. So the whole point is you plant the seeds, you got to keep watering and keep watering. And of course, with grass is different. You know, after about a good month, you're going to start seeing blades of grass come up. Life ain't like that. You may just have to keep watering and watering for years. I've been doing this podcast for almost 10 years next year between live from the writer's bench. And I still struggle to get 2000 people to listen to the show every week. But I'm not going to stop because one, I love doing this shit. I love talking with y'all. I love learning. And again, I don't have to do this shit for the money. God can say kill apartment 5B ain't never going to make a dime. Okay, cool, God. Thank you. I'm still going to be doing it every week. Y'all free? Like, that's not going to shift the way my mind thinks because I don't do this for the money because I'm blessed that I have a job that pays me enough to do what I need to do. You know what I mean? So again, but I also have to understand that there are people out there who aren't in that position. 
So if you aren't in that position, then you have to do what you have to do to keep your bills paid. And if that means you have to make music you necessarily don't want to work, don't want to make to be able to feed your family, nigga, go do that shit. I'd rather you do that than be out here selling drugs or stealing cars or robbing niggas. You know what I mean? So again, it's, it's just about the places we're at, where we are and how we can do it. But again, Rome Streets, I'm guaranteed I'll say it's a classic. I've already seen people say it's a classic. So you asking us in this room, are they classics? We like, yeah, one or two. Go on Twitter, ask that shit. You're going to see a billion. Everything resulted is a classic. Guarantee you somebody going to say, every West Side Gun album was a classic. Every Conway album was a classic. Every Benny album was a classic. I mean, Benny told you, he said he, he already a legend. I don't know if Benny's a legend. He is not. Maybe a Buffalo legend. He may be a Buffalo legend. Yeah, he's definitely a Buffalo legend. Definitely a Buffalo legend. Didn't Draymond Draymond Green say he the best defensive player ever? And what did he say? If I don't say it, who else going to say it? You right. I don't you you're not. <laughs> but but right. sure it's your shit. So we're living in a generation where people talk their shit. I think somebody said it with Jay. Like Jay put his name in that who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. I don't know if niggas was really saying that before Jay, but he put his name in there and now everybody's saying who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. So sometimes you gotta put your name in a conversation and and, and trick people. So Shout out to B-Man. B-Man said that. He said he was at the concert and Jay said it. He said when he said it, he had no business saying it. So, and I didn't think, I thought he was just being a cocky dude, but he himself said that. So I was just like, damn, I didn't think that. I thought when he said it, it was starting to buzz because of the the Biggie co-sign and then Streets is Watching was coming out. But you're right. Like, why not? If I am better than Big, I'm the closest one. I thought that was offensive when he first said it. Like, wasn't that your man? But... Then all of a sudden it became, yo, he is better than Big. I was like, oh, where did this come from? Before that, that was sacrilegious. What certain motherfuckers is Who called the who called the legendary before they said the legendary roots crew? <laughs> yeah, that's they true. put that on there. They said we're the legendary roots crew. Everybody said they're the legendary roots crew. So you know what? Maybe you you just got to say that. And here's the other thing about a team, and I want to try to at least get the rest of what everybody had. A lot of things that people don't know about the roots is that they had this manager called Rich Nickel, who was an older dude, an older jazz dude, who was with them from the beginning. And if you really listen to interviews with them, Rich planned out their entire career. Like Quest was saying, how Rich planned years ago. Like, we need you on late night television. Like, this is how your story is going to end. Quest was saying how Rich on his deathbed, because Rich recently died, um, I think, from leukemia. But he said even on his deathbed, he was like, Amir, here is the next 10 years of your life. Black Thought, here's the next 10 years of your life on his deathbed helping them plan things out. So like Quest doing all these cookbooks and this cooking show, that was all Rich. Rich told him to do that. Getting them on a Tonight Show, all Rich. So just an example of how when you have somebody on your team who is on their deathbed, still telling you, this is the way that you need to go. You need to get over here with this cooking shit. And now Quest is like, the cookbook for you know everybody's going to him for cooking and he's got a, a new cheesesteak a vegan cheesesteak blah 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 and thought broadway rich planned all that shit for him so it's just a testament when you have and you can look at the roots what 91 90 what they got 90 do you want more is 1994 2022 
Mm-hmm. And these dudes are still relevant. And he said, we have to get you to a point where we have to stop touring 365 days a year. People have kids now. People's kids are crying at the airport. People are quitting the group because they want to be with kids. We need to find a way that we can get everybody in the same city and everybody can be happy. And now they're on the late night show. So when you have, a, but they kept the same coach. They did a Tim Duncan. They had the same coach from the beginning of their career all the way up until he died. The Roots Picnic, Rich. So all these things about who is on your team, who's managing you, who's keeping you focused. So just something else. All right, real quick. Vey, who else you got left, bro? Um, I have a I have a couple of well, I had a couple of people that was mentioning like like being uh and fabulous. Um but I also have MOP. I love MOP. Like I, I love everything they do. But to me, they don't have a classic album. They ha- I have a favorite, right? Like, Firing Squad is probably my favorite out of the, you know, out of the albums. But when people right. say, you know, oh, you know, well, what's their classic? I'm like, shit, you probably think the Annie Up Warriors is probably the one. But that's their most commercially successful, I believe, album. But I just feel like for them, the problem is, is that um, I don't think people who generally like hip hop like niggas yelling all the time, right? Because they say it about me, and I feel like me don't really have whack albums. Like he got one that was, I think, was the first one that was like so so. When I press play on it, I'm like, damn, nobody like this shit. But niggas be like, yeah, but why that nigga yelling though? It's like, the fuck is hip hop? Niggas different from everybody else. Right. Um, but I always looked at MOP like, you know, I always try to make those comparisons. Like, you know, MOP is like heavy metal, you know, like it's rock, but yeah, yeah. it's a harder version, right? It's metal for hip hop. So the, the yelling and the, all that shit is a part of it, man. And I think I was so shocked when Annie Up was a hit and people still didn't get it, right? Because it's like, but that's the essence of the niggas, man. Only the nigga Billy Dan said, fuck you, your honor. The, like, and I I felt like he would say that shit in the courtroom, right? Like, and I would be in the back, like, yeah, nigga. So, I, I mean, I love MOP. I, I love, you know, the majority of the music, even some of the stuff, like the unreleased stuff that came out, uh, like Instigator and all that. I think they have humor. Right, I think they do the hardcore thing. I think sometimes they talk about serious subjects, but people don't like the fact that they're yelling, so they can't hear none of that because they just can't get past the delivery. And it's it's a shame, but um, they're definitely one of my favorite groups of all time. But they will never get that kind of respect or or have someone call them a classic. And I'm even talking about from heads. Forget the guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, hey. close to this firing squad, but I can't even get that five mics across the board. Right, yeah. right, right. Funny MOP story for people out there who make music. MOP made a song with Jay Z with the Rocky theme song on Four the Four Long Blaze. Four Long Blaze. Now on paper, that looked like it would be the shit. This is the time where we're, we're, we're using songs everybody knows, samples. We got Jay Z. It's Rocky. This is gonna be a hit. Nothing crickets then they do a song about robbing niggas 
and Flex blows it up and it's the biggest song in the world. It goes back to there's no recipe. Just make dope ass music. That's what the key is. You know, because on paper that four alarm blaze looked like, oh, I'm sure that they was in the studio like, yo, this is it. And we got Jay. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. Nothing. Same thing with Smooth Hustler. Came out with the A-side, hustling. Mm. Oh, the, oh, the Curtis Mayfield joint. Crickets. B-side, broken language, nigga. Touchdown. Perfect hip hop song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So again, just make dope music. Please don't try to follow the recipe because it don't work for everybody. You know what? You make a great point with MOP and going back to um, I Am God because like you said, you know, you, you out here trying to make this music the way you want to make it. And MOP is a prime example of that. I mean, the shit was getting played on the radio and these niggas talk about kidnap that fool. Like... <laughs> What a program director be like, nah, you can't talk about kidnapping people on the fucking But it didn't yeah. matter. And I was in the clubs back then. The ladies loved that shit. The dudes, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, so I started feeling like, oh, we about to fight. I don't know why, but fucking Andy Upstone. They could just fight anybody. So you know what I'm saying? It's 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 exactly what you said, Kill. It's a prime example of them being true to themselves and what they like and what they think is hot. And that that uh, original, you know, energy comes across to people. I mean, yeah. it's the same reason why, you know, I, uh, uh, like Michael Jackson resonates with little kids now. And he's not even here. It's because he's so pure in his delivery that it doesn't matter that he came out years ago. It's, it's something innate in a human being to be like, Damn it though, it's the expression, you know what I'm saying? The pure expression of himself that a person can relate to in whatever way, whether that's joy, sadness, anger, whatever it may be. And that's what kind of endures you to a, a artist. So I would say to you, um, I am God, keep doing what you're doing, man. Because I look, I listen to your album, and I'm like, yeah, I ain't rocking no more. This nigga bosses. I can't think that much, man. I can't. I ain't got that no more. I be thinking like, yeah, I'm not thinking about all that shit, nigga. I'm just talking about my cousin. And- Gratitude, bro. That's love. All right. God, you got any more people left? Just real quick to run through. Uh, yeah, last one. Uh, Cassie. Uh, that nigga, like, I actually kind of like molded my style after him. That was like the whole Jada his era. Yeah, Cassie. Yeah, that was the whole. That was my high school shit. So Cassidy and Jada Kiss first debut shit was like freshman year for me high school. So that was like um, I was trying my hand at the punchline rapper shit. That's when I was starting to find my niceness. You know what I'm saying? And know how to really put this shit together. So I kind of molded myself after Kiss, Cassidy, like the punchline rappers and shit. Don't have a favorite album by Cass. Uh, it's just the fact that he was another one of them niggas killing everything on a mixtape circuit, and it was a nice little buzz around him. Not as big as other artists, but it was a nice little buzz around him. And it's like when that split personality shit came out, it was like, mm, yeah, that shit was crazy. It was totally different from what the fuck we had got to know him for. Right. Um, I'm with you. That's my young boy living across the street from me in Philly. Grew up on my block. Um, I think the second album, Mama Hustler, was dope, but I think it just, I always said Swiss is really dope at working with artists who are already known. I don't think Swiss really does a good job of working with upcoming artists. So if you're already dope, Swiss is gonna lace you. I don't really think 
I don't think if he gave Cassidy to bring him out beat that he gave T.I., it's the same smash that T.I. made it. Or, right. you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think that second album was dope. But again, Cass getting locked up. Then people, a lot of people didn't know that he got in that car accident where, like, he lost his memory for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, it was like back to back to back shit um, with Cass. But yeah, definitely. I, I feel you. Cause trust me, I was talking so much shit about Cassidy when Hotel dropped. Nigga, everybody, especially my New York niggas, was like, "Word, this this your man? This this the nigga with the this your man with the, with the, with the fucking mask on? You, you and R. Kelly, you taking bitches to the hotel? Killer, that's what you doing? So yeah, I had to eat crow for a long time uh, Wait, because of mask on too. I think that was the uh, Pied Piper era, dude. The R. Kelly with the love. Uh, yeah, Robin just um, oh no, no, I think R. Kelly. Um, Fabian, who you got left, bro? And you got anybody left, or are you done? I mean, I was gonna say, uh, uh, Puff. I think his first album is like, I don't think it's considered a classic, but there's, and I know there's a lot of features, more like a compilation thing, but it wasn't. It was surprisingly good to me, even with the features and everything, because that song with Twister is Just crazy. No way out. No way Just out. No way out. Yeah. Song with Twister is crazy, uh, crazy to me. Song with Black Rob, is that the same song? Nah, uh, Twister is uh, is this the end? The Black Rob song is "I Love You, Baby." I think, I, and I think they both just it shows you how great how going how going back to the whole team thing. It's like, oh, what if this was Biggie Biggie's album or anybody, or even Black Rob? Because Black Rob's album was really good. Black album, like it's kind of underrated at this point, but. They had the same attempt, but it was just, it was puff. So it was, it was just so surprisingly good to me. And um, yeah, it, I think it goes back to, I guess, trying to circle around to what the conversation was this whole time is if you don't have a team, you can't make that. And obviously he was piggybacking off of Biggie's death. God bless the dead. But um, yeah, it that Black Rob, I think it was somebody else I forgot to mention. That was Mace, Mace was a big part of that shit. He had Carl Thomas around there, Kelly Price. So he had a squad, man. He still yeah. had uh I think Total was still around at that time, once well. So he still had a squad a lot. Shit. He still had a squad and when you that think about it, Those labels, even when you go back to Motown, you have people who would play songs and people would vote on them. Maybe like that's not a hit. These underground rappers aren't they don't have a team of people. Anybody who's in the studio with them smoking, getting high, gonna say whatever. West Side Gun, I always joke, West Side Gun could make a song sound like a cricket. Niggas gonna be like, yo, that shit crazy, God. Put that shit out tonight. You know what I mean? And so you don't have nobody pushing you like, nah, that ain't the right single. Or, you know, like that. You know what I mean? To, to give you that pushback. But, yeah, man. And Puff, and Puff is the ultimate push pushback guy also. Right. From what I understand, right. he's, a real, he's a perfectionist. So... And it, it makes sense with those songs sounding the way that they did. That's really what, what I guess I don't know why I'm shocked. Maybe knowing what I know now, I shouldn't be shocked. But he's gonna push for it to sound that polished and that good. And you know, it, it's almost like you. Got, I might get voted off the show for saying Puff has a oh, damn near classic album, but <laughs> but it's is I think it is close to it. Here's Whoa. the thing, bro. Go ahead, Whoa, man. Remember this. Um, and this was prior to his death. Biggie was the executive producer along with Biggie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that played a big role in Absolutely. what that album was versus the other 
puff albums right that was said in a couple different interviews they were switching roles big was more the executive and puff was the artist yeah. for no way out I forgot about now, Fabian, you're, not gonna trash. Get, you're not gonna get kicked off because I'm not saying this is a classic album by no means. Right. Zero. <laughs> this is a very good album. Diddy Dirty Money. Oh, okay. I know people are gonna look at me like I'm on crack right now. This album is not as bad as you may think it would be. It's Diddy Dirty Money. Uh that's when he was with old girl, the one of the chicks from Danny Kane and the other shorty. Yeah. Yeah. Not as bad as what people think, so you're not getting booted off the show, baby. No, you no, can no. Do it. Oh, oh, what you had another one? Yeah, no, no. I think they do consider they consider Nipsey's album a, a classic because I don't know if it's a classic. Has so many songs, but he has so much. The last song. one, yeah. yeah the, I, when I, was, I didn't hear anybody say it was a classic before he was dead. That's how I look at. it I like. I thought it was a classic, but now that he's dead, of course, every mixtape did is a classic. He definitely has classic songs on there, like that. Uh, too many of them. I just think it was too many songs. Yeah, just another album that we need to shorten down. It's like when niggas got the CD and it was like, "Yo, we got eighty whole fucking minutes. I'm gonna use seventy nine point fifty nine to the second. I'm gonna get every. I'm gonna use every inch of this eighty minute CD to get everything I got to say." And when, like you said back in the days, I remember albums with eight songs, four on one side, four on the B side. That was it. You know, you got anybody else left, bro? Uh, <clears throat> I, I did have uh, one more cat. Um, Cormega. Mm. Just, uh, I heard the realness was a classic. I'm not too well versed in, in that particular album, but I had a lot of dudes say the realness. I don't think so. I don't, you know, I, I respect the guy, but he never really made a real, a classic. For me, man, um, I know he just dropped the realness too. Yeah, and um, I don't know, man. I mean, what do y'all do? do y'all think that he's that that he's nice? Go to me. I, I'll go last on Mega. I, I'll go last. I'm from Queen. I'm from Queens, and I, I just never I get it. But to me, he always sounded like he was stuck in 1989, and it was just like I don't get the whole uh, like he's nice like that. Like, yeah, okay. Like he has a song with Nas on uh, here called Glorious, and um, like I said, I respect the guy, but I see him like he's comparing his his verse to Nas's. Like I'm like they like how did, like he feels like they go bar for bar type shit, and I'm like, again, I call it the Draymond Green mentality. Hey, if I don't say it, <laughs> nobody else will say it. So you know what he did. Like, he did. He did come up with the um, Life's a Bitch, but God forbid the bitch uh, divorced me line. And he gave it to um, Lines, if I'm not mistaken. He, and he, oh, Lines, really? If I'm not mistaken. That's why That's why the whole Hit Boy, uh, Quentin Miller thing, where everybody's saying you can't give the artist a... And maybe y'all can school everyone else who's listening to this, but I've heard of rappers getting bars from whoever's in the studio. Like, one yeah. bar is not everything. You can't. And I heard the whole Beanie Siegel put your hands up. Jadakiss, this state property helped out with that shit. That's what was said, like, by a couple different members. Like, they was all in the studio throwing lines around, and and another motherfucker was like, that's why you hear motherfuckers in the background ad-libbing on some of the lines when he said it. So, not saying it's true. That's what I heard right. a couple different state property members say. And again, we all got different definitions for the same word. Ghostwriting to me is what that nigga Quint Miller did with Drake, where you got a whole reference track. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
that's ghostwriting. If you've ever been in the studio in the 90s when all your niggas are over there, somebody's gonna say, yo, you should say it like this or do it like that. I don't say that, say this, you know what I mean? So it's the same thing, I write scripts. I got like five niggas I send it to who I know don't give a fuck about my feelings and will tell me the truth. And them niggas be like, nah, that scene was too long, put it here. But I make sure with these niggas, we ain't going to court. If this script blow up, nigga, you, y'all are not co-writers. And I'm not trying to discredit nobody, but I'm like, nigga, y'all just giving me good ideas. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so, because then what will happen is be like, oh, I wrote that script for Kill. And it's like, no, nigga, you told me to cut out two lines. That's a whole nother motherfucking monster than you wrote the whole entire script. So, again, I, I try to jump out in front of things before that, but I've never thought somebody give them somebody a, a verse or a bar. It, not a verse, but a bar is ghostwriting. Vague, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say to uh, Cool Mega, um, I like the realness. I think that was the first time I liked Cool Mega. I think it had more to do with um, what he talked about than how nice he was. I didn't think he was nice. I didn't think he was better than me. Still not. Uh, but <laughs> come see me, man. I could come out of retirement. It's cool. Uh, but. <laughs> I just kind of feel like with him, especially after that Drink Champs episode, it reinforced what I liked about him, right? Like, I just like his perspective on things, right? He he is an old head from the 80s who's still rapping. So the expectation can't be, you know, you're not nature, or you're not AZ, or you're not Nas. The expectation has to be, this is the dude who they thought was nice when they were younger than him. And he, like they like the locks and all them used to say about DMX, right? Like when DMX came out, I didn't rush as a fan. I'm like, stick a parking. Like, y'all like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? But right. then I understood why he had that kind of energy and why people liked him. And I think with Cormega, that was the thing for me. But he can turn a lot of people off because he's not, he's, the, he's not in the pocket the majority of the time when he's rapping. And that and that's not on purpose. We're not talking MF Doom not in the pocket. MF Doom is not in the pocket on purpose. It's a right. conscious decision to rhyme in this way, regardless of the beat. Whereas Cormega thinks he's in the pocket. But it's like, right. no, you're not. You no. You're a little <laughs> off. Uh, I like what you said about such and such. I like that. Uh, he has moments. He has moments in there. He has, you know, he has his moments, like like Angel Dust, or like when he was on um, Mob's second album. Like his fucking verse was kind of crazy on that. I was like, it's cool. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. What's the name of that song? On Mob's second album on Infamous. On Hell on uh, Earth. Oh, um, Hell on Earth. Are you doing it? Third album. Jake Blunted. The right, guy, right. Like his, guy. he's in the pocket. And yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do this shit, but that's just not. That's Does he have a whole classic in him? This like he's he's put out albums with. I personally don't think he has a classic, and I'm with you, Vague. After I saw Drink Champs, I was like, Yo, I really like this dude. Like, I really yeah, like. Oh, yeah, like, 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 oh, as an I'm like, Yo, this dude is really smart, and I was like, yeah. Yo, I was coming back from New York. And I said, yo, I'm gonna listen to this album. And I ain't even gonna hold y'all. I fell asleep, bro. And I put, <laughs> and I fucking put um, Freddie Gibbs back on. I woke the fuck back up and enjoyed the rest of my train ride back to Maryland. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's just not in the pocket. And again, it's just not for me. 
you know that's well, you I tell people that all the time. Really quick, kill. You know what's crazy? You and him what's have that? a lot in common. What he you mean? Hip hop. He loves sneakers. He loves sports. Like you niggas are alike a lot. Like you were probably, but you just don't. We don't probably, yeah. Like either, I said, right? I saw the interview and I was like, yo, like I want to like your shit. Like that's why I listened again because I've listened to Mega before and I'm like, I don't think he's whack, but I just don't get it. It doesn't speak to me. You know what I mean? But it's like from seeing the interview, I'm like, yo, I really like this dude. Like, yo, let me try again. And I'm like, no, I'm out. Now I'm out. And like you said, there's moments on High Tech's album, High Technology. He got a song on there, right, and I fuck. Right. You know what I mean? So there are moments when he's there, but again, it just doesn't speak to me. I always say, I believe in my heart of hearts, and I could be wrong. I think if Nas does not say his name in one love, we are not having this fucking conversation. Oh, yeah. That's when that nigga said, what's up with Cormega? Did you see him when y'all together? I remember being there when One Love came out. Niggas be like, yo, who's Cormega? Cormega, that's an ill name, Cormega. And then when he came out, like, yo, Cormega Ron was like, oh, shit, that Nas, man, okay. I think if we take that rhyme out of hip hop, I don't even know if we having this conversation about Cormega. Cormega may be nature. And ain't nobody talking about nature right now. And that's no disrespect to nature. Oh, yeah, but hold on, but nature was nice. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that right now, nobody is talking about nature. Like Cormega just dropped this album. I was on Twitter when that shit dropped and niggas was calling that shit classic. Niggas was killing me. Kill, you don't know what you're talking about. Niggas nice as fuck. This is another classic. Woo, woo, woo. So again, so again, you know what Yo, I mean? This is, this is what happens when you reach your level of popularity on Twitter. Cause boy, I swear to God, I more money, man. I don't listen. I'm glad that you. I don't bump into this. I'm glad I can get off and all Twitter. And I don't get bothered like this. I, maybe it is. It is cool being on this level. I might have to have uh, if I get more popular, get get a bunch of oh, what do you call them burner accounts. That's Yo, crazy. I'm telling you, I, I call them the Megatronics. When the Megatronics come out to play, uh, they mean it. They love they, Mega. They don't fuck they, around with Mega. And oh, shout. Me and, and Porsche shout, go back and forth about this. Porsche loves Mega. And I'm like, yo, that's your man. And no no beef. Let's not argue about it. You love him. I don't. It's all good. I'm not saying he's whack. He's just not for me. Again, I fucking hate tomatoes. Nobody's fucking on my timeline talking about you ain't have tomatoes out my auntie garden. Niggas just like, okay, you don't like the tomatoes. Let that shit be the same way with hip hop. I don't like Mega. Okay, cool. No problem. I say that shit. Niggas is inbox me 50 million links to Mega versus nigga. I've heard them. You act like I haven't heard the nigga And I'm like please send me shit It's just like leave it be I'm not a fan Like I wish him the best I'm glad I always tell folk with hip hop I'm glad people like shit I don't Cause if we all didn't like the same shit Shit would be boring I'm glad Mega can feed his family And do what the fuck he wants to do Doing something he loves He's not getting my money But I'm glad he's getting somebody else's money And I'm happy for that man for that I don't, you know what I mean? So again, that so Gnu, that's how I feel about Mega. I nah, he's like feeling he's that. Him. But I trust me, Megatronics do. He, he, tell you I didn't know that he had Megatronics, though. I didn't know all that was going on. Oh, my God, yo. Oh, he has was, out here, bro. The only thing I saw was that he was, like, signing his merch, and he was doing something special with his merch and giving it out or, or sending it out that way, personalizing it like that. So when I saw that, I'm like, damn, like, Cormega really can be made. He flipped this really nicely. So, I you know shout out to Cormega, but like I like like I'm with y'all. I'm not a fan, and I'm from you know again it's from my borough. But and here's the funny part, B. I actually may even buy the album 
just to support that nigga because I fuck with him just on another level. Now I'm dead ass. Like I do that with the Roots. Like I brought every Roots album. And I haven't enjoyed a Roots album since things fall apart. Just based off the fact these niggas have done so much for my city. You know what I mean? Yeah. I done brought Questlove's cookbook. And I don't cook shit. Like I literally support anything that they put out just based off of what you've done for the culture, especially what you've done for my city. You know what I mean? So I, I'll give you $10 for holding the culture down, even though I'm not a fan of none of your fucking albums. Not mega, but I'm talking about the roots. Post things fall apart like that. So they might. Uh, the only person I had left was evidence from dilated people. Basically the same reason for dilated. And Rick Ross. You know what I mean? Love Rick Ross, but for me, he just doesn't have a, a certified classic out. I know Vague. I'm sure everybody what he got joints, but just know he got. I think he got two. I, I'm not classic. Gonna... Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna be. I, I, I know I was gonna be the odd man out with the Rick Ross joint. That's why I was saving it for last. Cause trust me, when I told niggas this, they was like, Nah, man, God forgives. I don't. Uh, Port of Miami, like, and I was like, Bro, just for me. And I just think it's just because, and I get it. He's down south. He he always has to do some down south shit on his albums, and that shit just kind of throws me off. So again. I get it. That nigga's from Florida. I can't expect that nigga to make music all for up north niggas. You gotta make your your strip club music. You gotta keep your down south people happy. But for me, that is just what keeps it from me. It's kind of the same way with Davies. I love Davies, but I don't think Davies got a classic album. You know what I mean? Because I feel like Dave is kind of being pulled in 40 directions. It's like, you know, I know niggas like, yo, he need to get with that nine shit. I'm like, yo, this nigga's like 33. That nigga want to make drill shit? Let him make drill shit. You know, I respect Dave just because he, he'll do an album like Insomnia. Is it Insomnia? I forgot the name of it. But he'll do an album and I feel like it's all hip hop and then he'll do another album that's all drill. I, I'd rather you do that than do like the Cornucopia albums when you got three radio songs, three street songs, three down south songs, three drill songs. I'd rather you just kind of say, hey, gospel artists do that. When I first got down with CC, um, I was about to say CC Peniston. CC Watkins, her first album, Everlasting Love, was like contemporary gospel. Now I was hyped for her next album, Alabaster Box, and it was praise and worship. And I was like, yo, this joint boring. And they're like, my, my old head who's in the gospel was like, well, yeah, that's praise and worship. That's a different form of gospel. That's not contemporary. You, you got to wait for her to make another contemporary album. And I would like hip hop artists to do that, where it's like, yo, I get it. I'm a young boy, but I like old school hip hop. I'm gonna make y'all old heads out, but now I'm gonna do my drill shit. And it's cool. I ain't gotta pick up that one. I'll come back around on your next go round, you know? So, but babe, wh which joints do you think Rick Ross, um, the classic joints are? Deeper Than Rap and Teflon Dog. Mm. Okay. This was at the time when, um, 50 Cent was was trying to Ja Rule him and the shit was not working because Rick Ross put out some fucking heat and niggas were just like, that shit funny you did 50, but this shit flames. Like, you know, you, you're you not going to get us to do what we did to Ja Rule. Um, but I I had, I thought about Rick Ross for mine because I'm, I'm saying that, I don't know if it's generally, maybe Teflon Don. Is more generous. and I mean they're close. Like I have, I have some of these joints at four and a half. Like I think right, just right. for me, some of them down south songs just just pull it, just drag it down for me a little bit. But like I said, I, I gotta respect your gang, niggas from Florida. I can't expect you to make music for a Philly nigga all day long. You know, right. you gotta keep your down south niggas happy too, and you gotta keep them strippers paid. Um, that, that Teflon Dawn album, he got a song Rafael Sadiq on it. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. You like that song, Kill? 
Oh, no, no, no. I fuck with Ross. I fuck with Ross. He has a lot of dope. I mean, hell, what do people I say don't. when somebody beats? Get Rick Ross that in our yard. Like, that's the go-to. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, you now it's West Side Gun. I actually don't think West Side Gun picks the greatest beats in the world, you know, um, but neither here nor there. That's the only thing I'm worried about this Stove guy. I really like Stove and Rock. So I'm kind of concerned now that he's on Griselda because yeah. are we going to get conductor beats with that tag all day long? Are we going to, like, who's... <laughs> hey, that tag is fire. I'm not even going to lie. I like that tag, bro. I love the tag, bro. Does that, like, literally 20 times. And I'm like, bro, the tag is just supposed to be, like, in the beginning. Like, you hear Hit Boy in the beginning, you never hear Hit Boy ever again. You know, you hear... That's what I love about it because it's so, like... Ridiculous, you know what I mean? It's almost like it's a part of the beat. Like it was like conductor, we something that was very simple. Then he got this like conductor, we have a problem, conductor, we have a problem. And the funniest part was I'm listening to Rome Steve's on an Amtrak train and I just hear conductor, we have a problem. I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) We got a problem. So yes, it works. It works, Rome, it works conductor. The 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 fucking thing works. I was on a train, I thought some shit was going on crazy. Just don't have to do it 50 times a day. Like I said, the beat comes on, says Hip Boy, and you never hear that shit again. We know it's a Hip Boy song, and we walk away. You don't hear Hip Boy, Hip Boy all all throughout the song, nigga. Um, It's like certain gunshots or or the way certain uh, car horns and a beat. I hate when they do that shit, because I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Looking around, nobody... Yeah, I just give me a simple tag, you know, just a simple tag, and we good to go. So that's the only thing I'm worried about with Stove God is just like who's producing it, and where's Derringer? Like Derringer just disappeared from from Griselda. Like this was like they Funk Brothers, and and he was doing everything. And then one day I just looked up and like Derringer, he was. On I mean, you know, he'll do a song here and there. I know he did on um Tana Talk Four. He did half of it. And Alchemist did the other half, but outside that. I haven't seen Derringer's name in a minute, like, you know, and it's sad. I mean, I'm like, I'm wondering, was there beef? Because, nigga, you all, now that knows no more West Side Gun, like, that nigga, like, done. Like, two, three years ago, he was a go-to producer. That nigga had a beat tape out. Everybody was like, Derringer, Derringer, Derringer. Nigga name was everywhere. Now it's like, you know, everybody done moved on. And now Conductor and all these other dudes. So I can't call it. Fabian, let them know where they can get at you. Your sports podcast, everything. Where can they get at you, good brother? Oh, right on here. We're going to be on YouTube, at Fabian Perspective. Um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything's at Fabian Perspective. You catch my reels on there. And uh, also, All Ball with Uncle Ice. That's another. We're really heating up. We're doing like a, we're really studying the street ball legends. Uh, we just, like I said, interviewed Tony Childs. He was a street ball legend. We had um, Kareem Reed on there, the, the best kept secret the week before. Kareem, Arkansas, man. The Arkansas Razorbacks, man. Yeah, man. He was, and he was a, like a, a just a super dope uh, guest. It meant a lot. It was on brand. So, like I said, that, you know, we're really giving props to people. Like what you guys talked about with hip hop, like we never know. Just keep working because you never know where you're going to land anyway. Because you might not want to rap in 10 years. You might, you might get paid for ghostwriting. You might get paid for producing. You might get paid for doing something dealing with hip-hop so the same thing with this like everyone talks about yo you could be a referee you could work you know internationally there's so many avenues because basketball is such a big economy so we really don't like if we get to interview kevin durant all right cool but we really don't want to talk to you we want to talk to everybody else because there's so many people involved in basketball so that's all ball with uncle ice podcast and me's favorite perspective tv i don't talk about basketball mainly my uh discrepancy with the knicks and um yeah that's that's uh 
at Fabian Perspective TV on, on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. All right, Ganu, give him everything, good brother. Yo, uh, hit me up on IG. That's really the only social media I fuck with, but um, at Mr. Gary Ganu. Um, I took a little break um, on hiatus from the podcast, but we will be back um, 2023, man. But yeah, hit me on IG, man. All right, no doubt, no doubt. Vay, give him everything, good brother. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok at Vegas World INC. And if you want to check out some of my music, visit uh, VegasWorldINC.bandcamp.com. And also, I do podcasts like Hip Hop Twitter, where I react to tweets that I never see because I'm a grown motherfucking man. I can't play on a goddamn phone all day. Sometimes I do. I'm running. But, uh, you get my honest reactions to ridiculous takes on Twitter, um, and it's it's all comedy. And yes, that's why I did the Aaron Neville shit. It was just a demo for my podcast. I don't fucking give a fuck about Aaron Neville. So. <laughs> you on TikTok with that? I promote on TikTok. Yeah, you should. That should be that. That might take off soon, bro. That sounds like you responding to tweets. That sounds like the craziest, most hilarious shit ever. We don't need to talk about Aaron Neville ever again. This is how crazy this shit was. (laughs) Literally, between the word Aaron and Neville, I started seeing that shit like it was a horror movie for like the next 48 hours. Like that night we got off and I'm on Twitter and some guy named Neville who follows me, I'm like, babe, Neville. Then the very next day, it was somebody Aaron something. I was like, yo, this shit is like a fucking scary movie, dog. Like everywhere I go, I'm seeing Aaron Neville shit. Then <laughs> Rebel hit like, yo, I was talking to this girl about Vegas. She was like, the Neville brothers. And I'm like looking up the Neville brothers. I'm like, oh shit. Like, yo, it was somebody was like, yo, you gonna see somebody with a big mark on their eye, birthmark on their eye. So yeah, we we gonna leave Aaron. Right. This nigga haunts me to death. Um, God, let them know where they can get at you, where they can buy your music, everything you cooking up. <laughs> hey man, Twitter, Instagram, God MC. That's G A W D E M C E E. Also follow the brand and label, No Mediocre. Just replace the O's with an X, N X M E D I X C R E C H I. No Mediocre Shy. Um, no mediocre shy. No, no mediocre. N X M E D I X C R E. Dot bandcamp. Dot com. Follow the music. Filthy. Dot bandcamp. Dot com. That's F I A L T H E. Filthy. Dot bandcamp. Dot com. Shout out to Filthy. Filthy Analex Record Company. Um, no mediocre records. That's my brand. My label. Uh, Murder Castle out now. Uh, produced entirely by the Black Depths. Still got vinyl for it. Um. Shit, man. That uh, the eternal reflection, hell's angels, heavens and heavens demons. Uh, I am God, the first joint. All of them still in rotation. Uh, we sold out a vinyl for like damn everything except for uh, eternal reflection and um, murder castle. Uh, no, the first one too. We still got vinyl for I am God too. So yeah, man. I got the I uh, the no mediocre hoodies. You know what I'm saying? Bandcamp. Um. Shit, man. I wanted to put out more music this year, but I got a couple more features that might drop this year. But 2023, you know what I'm saying? I'm back on my shit. I'm trying to turn 2023 back into 2021. You know what I'm saying? I gave y'all two projects, The Eternal Reflection and Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons. I'm trying to get y'all at least two next year. You know what I'm saying? So motherfucker working diligently. 2022 been a major transitional uh, year for me. You know what I'm saying? Some ups and downs. 
But you know, motherfuckers still out here grinding, still swinging a bat, still trying to knock them out the park. So yeah, fuck with me. I am getting ahead without devolving. I am God. Chicago never forget how to rap. Don't let me leave that out. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, though. Kill 889 Twitter IG. Um, speaking about Chicago, me and my brother Ev, he has a, a, a theater piece called Profit talking about the journey of an MC. We've been on tour with that. We were in Troy, New York, Pittsburgh, New York, sold out um, Manhattan in New York. Just got the call. God, we come to Chicago 2023. We're going to be in Chicago about three or four times to do the piece. So you already know we we hitting you up. You Let's know what I mean? That, that that's go time right there and also on the chicago front just finished doing a track with my brother vic spencer who's a very very dope mc out of Ooh, chicago that I was broke. Vic spencer. Yeah, I definitely yeah definitely just just finished the track with vic spencer guy shout out my man joey who put me on the stove guy connect shout out joey too that's uh yeah yeah so Definitely. So we coming to Chicago, bro. So next year is definitely gonna be a, a dope year because that's where I've been wanting to get for for the longest. So you definitely right. gonna come out there and definitely try to get with all them dope MCs out there. Because it's funny when I talk to Joe, when I talk to Vic, same thing like you said. Chicago ain't never forget how to rap. Y'all got that shit down. Like y'all, that's that that's y'all shit right there. So you know, every Chicago MC I talk to be like, don't think it's just the drill shit out here. Like nigga, we still rap out here. So absolutely. You know, yeah, so we that that. Yo, appreciate y'all. We'll check y'all next week, y'all. Peace.